So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. and welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. My name's Hunter, and I could not be more excited to be here this evening, this morning, this afternoon, this 3 a.m. session, wherever you are, to talk about our opening weekend impressions of HHN 30. It's been a long time coming. We've been waiting, and we've been getting little tidbits you know, on and off for two years now. We, we've started hearing about some stuff really early, like Beetlejuice showing up, and then we had an HHN light, and we got to see two or three of those houses, depending on how lucky you were. But it is finally here. HHN 30 has officially kicked off, and we could not be more excited to share our first, our spoiler-free reactions to this year's event, but then dive into the nitty-gritty, the details that we hope you all are dying to know about this year's event. But before we get too far in, I do want to go ahead and welcome my good friends and co-hosts. First up, my right-hand person, lovely artist, general good person, appreciator of cats, and <laughs> um, occasionally some um, not as illicit posts on Twitter, but you know, you get the <laughs> point. Of course, I'm talking about Shelby. You know, Hunter, the, uh, the true icons were the friends we made along the way. Isn't that the truth? How's Paul doing? Paul uh, Rubisky, he's doing great. He's Aww. doing so well. There's so he's... many sources to double check the name. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he's looking gorgeous this year. We're getting a lot of representation mm. this Ugh. year. Yes, I yeah. am doing well. <laughs> yeah, shout out to uh, Miss Universal's video earlier uh, oh, from, from 2015. But... I may or not, may not be drawing something like that. Right oh boy, so. we can't wait. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you can hear him in the background already expressing already his grievances. Yes. What's going on, Matt? Not much. Very, very, very excited already about this year. It's Well, we're going to talk about why, but man alive, did not, you never know, to quote an 80s hairband, you never know what you got till it's gone and until uh, <laughs> it comes back again. And then you get a stick of candied pork belly to flush it all down. That's right. You can also get, and related to 80s hair metal bands, you can get the Leatherface Cherry Pie over towards the uh, New York Central Park area. It's great. You should look. It's the ugliest pie you've ever seen. And it's been a way really better choice. fun in a great way. Have you seen the skeleton tray, though? It's... Is something. It's uh, it's pretty <laughs> grisly, but yeah. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the HHN Icons, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives, Revenge of the Two Fairy, and so much more. We're going to be breaking down the scare zones, the houses, and some about the shows. Just kind of our opening night slash opening weekend impressions. We've already put up the 
audio where Matt and I had a chance to go through the houses and check things out. But this is going to be where we can actually talk a little bit more about things and just dive in to why this year is so exciting. So can I just you know what? start uh, off? Ahead, I said, you said impressions, and I know this isn't what you meant, but if my impression of opening night is the tears rolling down my face representing the rain that we had, then I did a pretty <laughs> goddamn good impression of opening night. Yeah, um, honestly, my main impression of opening night was heart palpitations from the donut burger, but that's okay. Um, I didn't really need two of those, but you know what? We keep trucking. I did like how we all look like giant marshmallows uh, with our free ponchos. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we were we were Count Chocula marshmallows to the extreme, <laughs> and I love it. But hey, you know what? Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into the conversation, because Lord knows we've got a lot to talk about tonight. All right, so let's go ahead and start off with the important news first. And by that, I mean, Matt, we're checking in with you real quick. We need the HHN 30 beer report. Go on ahead. Oh, see, uh, why? Why did you do that? <laughs> it's a good, I got good and bad news for everybody. Let's, let's say that. I don't want to say it's all negative. The beer that they have this year, they got some great choices. They, the bad news is they have a few choices compared to 2019, which was a little disappointing, but I honestly don't remember how 2019 started. Maybe it's something that I'll grow, but the beer choices this year, they're pretty spectacular. It's a true German brewed crafted Oktoberfest. Not, I mean, you can call it a Marizin, but it's an Oktoberfest because it came from Germany. And then there's a couple solid uh, follow-ups so as a local Pilsner. And then there's always the ever present or ever good, I should say solid uh, voodoo IPA. So, I'm happy and mad at the same time. It's hard to be mad at those choices, but it's. I'd like to see more, and we'll see what happens as the season goes. Shelby, we have all been married to the Dufftoberfest for several years mm-hmm. now. It's It's been tried and true, but there's this new side hoe on the block with the Oktoberfest. <laughs> um, is this something that Dufftoberfest needs to be concerned about? It is definitely a contender. I will say I had about four over the last weekend, which is a lot of calories, um, but I think I burned it off with the amount yeah, of walking. As long as you're walking, but, you're. <laughs> yeah, right. But it was really, really good. And uh, I made sure to get myself a blanky cup that I could refill and uh, fill it with all that delicious uh, Oktoberfest. Um, yeah. I also got that, uh, the pumpkin beer. Oh, did Max, that's did a great that? point. It's not Shipyard this year, which is, I mean, not that Shipyard's a bad beer, but it's really cool to see them branch out into something else. So that's yeah. pretty cool, too. You got another, we got a, a different choice of pumpkin beer this year. And it's not my favorite pumpkin beer, but I will say it, it tastes like a straight up like pumpkin spice candle. <laughs> Waxy and all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, as someone that's been eating candles for years now, just right? you, know, you know, like it gets around March and I'm like, oh man, it's been a couple months since Halloween and I just slowly wrap <laughs> my lips around an oversized Bath and Body Works candle. Um, it, it's nice to, to experience that feeling actually in season this year. But yes, had to check in, of course, with the beer report. But hey, let's go ahead and let's just give our general spoiler free reactions you know this is going to be pretty brief because there's so much to talk about actually within the event but i feel like for those who are 
honestly probably already coming or just kind of want to know how we are feeling before they book that trip, we should do a couple of spoiler-free reactions first. So, Shelby, why don't you go ahead and kick things off? I think this year is a slam dunk overall. Um, And I don't usually use sports terms to describe things. Um, (laughs) I think it's probably just from the two days that I've experienced it is one of my favorite years so far. Um, Mostly just because I think it's the amount of like energy that's exuding off of everybody. And we're just all happy to be back. But also these are some of the best, if not my favorite houses of all time. So it's just, it feels like a party Mixed with just old horror nights, mixed with new horror nights, mixed with in the between. It's just so, it's good to be back and it's good to be happy with like people that you missed over the last couple of years. Um, It's just a good year. It's a really good year. Yeah, I'm going to echo a lot of the same sentiments because I think for me, the word that comes to mind for this year in particular is something you just said, which is uh, classic. And I Mm -hmm. feel like this year is probably the most classic event that you and I have had the opportunity to attend in our time going to the event. You know, we started going during the really heavy IP years. And even though there is some awesome IP representation this year, which we're going to talk about, this feels way more in line as far as the overall tone of the event to kind of those classic HHN years that people talk about all the time, whether Mm -hmm. that's, um, you know, 17 or even something like going back to, well, I'll, I'll throw in 16 as well, but I feel like that's more due to the icons, but even something like 21, which is one of those newer years that people hold up really, really high, you know, it's super early and, I tend to be somebody who errs on the side of of caution and kind of like, hey, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's see how things are going. But mm-hmm. I really think this year is is possibly the best year that I have been able to attend, and it's going to stay up that way. There's really not a bad house on the lineup. I really don't think there's a house that goes below kind of like a B plus if we were doing mm-hmm. traditional like ratings and everything like that. Even the quote unquote bottom tier house this year would be a top five house on every, any other year. Oh, for sure. Z- zones are kind of all over the place for people. I really like everything I've seen from the zone so far. I really need to sit down and spend more time in them. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, yeah, I just think this year is really off to a fantastic start. And I'm wondering how much of that is you know, hey, it's been a minute since you've been inside actual Halloween Horror Nights. Is that factoring into it? As much as I want to say no, I imagine there's there's no way that that doesn't apply some sort of bias. But even aside from that, trying to completely remove myself from that, I just think that this is going to be one of those old-timer years. And if this is yeah. any indication of what the event is going to be going forward, we're in for a hell of a ride. Yeah. Well, what does the uh, resident um, Horror Nights fan think? <laughs> like, Matt, what do you think since you've been going so long? Well, yeah. it's it's the one, if, if I could take one thing out of our hype episode that actually has come true, like right off the bat, just two nights, one night in, honestly, is I, I said, I really think this has potential to be in the discussion of the years of 17, 21, 25, and uh, 20, whatever years you want to pick right off the bat after going through the houses alone before even going to the scare shows or the scare zones and shows, I felt we were ready to 
include that in this all-timer list. It's such a strong year. But coupled with that, Hunter brought up a absolutely valid and I think in a way a very strong point. The fact that we were denied it last year, there is a bit of that return across the board, seeing friends we haven't seen. There, there's really no reason I should not have seen the people I saw Friday and Saturday night in the eight, past 18 months, but I didn't. I got to see them. There was that feeling of being with them, seeing the houses, and experiencing the event with them. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. That is part of the event for us at this point in our life. And I think that goes into the enjoyment of this year and how strong it is. Yeah. It certainly helps that these are some of the best houses we have seen since us three have known each other and there's a lot to talk about the scare zones as well. And there's at least one show that I have not stopped thinking about for (laughs) three days now. So this is a hell of a year for so many reasons, pick and choose which one you want and you're not wrong. That's where I fall in this conversation. Yeah. All these houses feel longer than than the houses we've gone through yeah. recently and just like not even that but you know i've constantly brought up the constantly is a weird word but i've brought up several times in kind of our hhn discussion like how hard it is for hhn to end a haunted house effectively and like some of these houses have like the most pitch perfect endings that i have ever seen <laughs> in a haunted house and i just on top of that I think that with a house lineup this strong, with a scare zone lineup that is so varied and kind of all over the place and the shows, like we have the most varied event in a long time that is also delivering on the promise of being this great anniversary spectacular while mm-hmm. also paying tribute to the past. And I think like, you know, I, I almost feel like this is what in their mind's eye 20 should have been in a way, but now they're coming back and they're like, well, after 25, we've really got to step things up for the next big anniversary year. And I think they nailed it. I think so too. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, folks, if you were here for the spoiler free discussion, that's about it. it. (laughs) Boy, we have so much to talk about to actually break down in the zones and the houses. And we'll probably be here for four more hours after this point. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, we really appreciate you checking out this episode if you're leaving us now. But, Hey, we are going to get into some spoiler details of everything at the event this year. So I'm going to give you just a couple seconds. All right, so how we've decided to do this is the formula that we have done several times. We're just going to take that virtual tour around the park with you all. So first up, we're going to enter the Plaza of the Stars section, which, of course, is in between Shrek 40 and Minion Mayhem. I like to call this method the Quint didn't do any research, so pulled up a map map sequence of events <laughs> <laughs> close enough but yes so we're going to pop in right here and we are going to end up in 30 years 30 fears and this was the first scare zone that we saw of the night and just um this zone there is something to the energy of it even though we entered it backwards matt like, <laughs> right. and i and I, on my revisit when it wasn't raining i did the same damn thing it's hard yeah. not to do once you're already in the park 
Yeah, it really is because, you know, it's kind of like the, it's the Hogwarts conversation, right? Yeah. Like, what's the correct <laughs> right. way to enter Hogsmeade? There is a right way. And of course it's, it's coming in through the front, but yeah. Um, you're, so, you're speaking gibberish. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, the wizard stuff, the, the, oh, okay. the, the boy with the glasses, the, yeah. you know, not the Matt Damon one. Um, but <laughs> yeah. so 30 the years, guy with 30 the, years. Uh, the power glove and Nintendo. I love that movie. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, 30 years, 30 fears. What really stuck out for me in this zone is it's not really using any of the callback characters in the same way that it's, if you want to call it this sister scare zone next door is lights, camera, action. And the only reason I say that is because there's supposedly the two callback zones this year as far as pulling characters. I guess you could throw in Gorewood Forest as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this zone, what really stuck out for me is that this sets such a statement with the music and the fire and just the red lights and everything. <laughs> it, it, you know, we've got all that artwork last year of the HHN icons and it was that very distinctive red and black art tone. And that's what this zone is except in real life. Shelby, what did you think? Um, I didn't know what to expect personally. Cause I thought it was going to be like all of the icons. Cause from, what I saw before the event opened, all the icons are around. So I was like, oh, they're going to be up on the stage and talking to you. But no, it's like iconic characters from previous Horror Nights that kind of get cycled around. Um, but I was uh, pretty surprised to see Bone from uh, 2017 out and about. That was pretty and cool. Favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And um, his, but I liked uh, it. his queen or whatever, the, the blood character. Like, yeah, we don't know a ton yeah. about her yet. The one with the the horns, his like little uh, groupy friend group. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, it's interesting because this zone almost does give off some Festival of the Deadliest vibe. So I understand mm-hmm. why they would want to put Bone up there. There's not a lot to this zone. Like, there's not a lot of scare actors in this zone. Um, however, I think it's just so big. And it sets such a statement. And honestly, the photo ops are really well done for Mm -hmm. kind of like if you want to get a picture. Is it as cool as something like an arcade? It's debatable for the aesthetic that you're looking for. But for me, the big thing that stuck out for this zone was just this is where you really get to hear that event music. And this is where they're playing that gent music. They're playing almost like this Slipknot core metal instrumentals throughout the park. And um Hey, I'm a sucker for that. I'm going to be perfectly honest. And, you know, we've had the discussion so many times about rock and metal and everything like that on the podcast. But I feel like this is the soundtrack that fits this particular event. And it really gets you hyped up. I think it sets the right tone for the event. I also think it's the right size because, like, as big as imposing as, like, the facade is or facade the archway is. Um, it doesn't need to be filled with actors because I think the event has grown to the size where um, we can't really have a lot of actors out and about in that area anymore. So I think it's perfect the way that they've done it where you have this giant archway and you walk into the event while also kind of having a taste of some actors while not making it like a, a clusterfuck up front at the front of the park. Yeah, and I totally agree with that because I feel like an arcade, an arcade is a zone that I have a lot of fond memories for just because of the aesthetic, but it was very spread out. You know, the arcade machines felt very, very wide, and this simultaneously feels more open, but also 
smaller in a crazy mm-hmm. way. And I think that's just because you have something overhead and you have people above you. And I feel like part of this design, of course, is a carryover from last year when they were trying to figure out how they were going to run this thing if they needed to. But what they've got there works perfectly for this year. And like I said, it makes a statement. Yeah. Well, you know, this is quite easy because the first house we're going to come <laughs> upon, of course, is the Bride of uh, Frankenstein yes. Lives. <laughs> Matt, your most anticipated house of the season. Got a chance to check it out. And I believe you got to check it out one more time over the weekend as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is going to be like my night. There's, there's not going to be a night I'm there that I don't go in this. I mean, I don't care what happens. My wife can yeah. text me saying the house is on fire. I'm like, okay, just give me seven minutes to go through Bride and I'll be home. Don't you yeah. have that great story where you had to go back and pick something up for her and you hit run instead first before yes, you did that? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I had no, actually I had to, she was, yes. <laughs> oh God. I don't want to repeat the entire story too long, but she needed something dropped off. Um, her office is accessible from inside universal, uh, the studios park. So I dropped that off. And while I was there, I went through run, not, not instead, but I had no intention of going to HHN that night. But since I did, I went to run because it was, Right there. So, yes, that is true. God, I forgot about that story. (laughs) Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Fan first. Never forget it. Um, You didn't see this one as often as Shelby and I did, of course. But this one was still super, super high for you. And um, I just wanted to know, how do you feel it's living up this year underneath a full event? There's some really strong competition this year. Oh, man. See, that's when you just framed it in that question. It's a little tougher. On its own, I still love it. I absolutely positively love it. I think it's it's a great expansion of the Universal Monsters. It's a great centerpiece for my favorite Universal Monster themselves. The additions and removals of things just made everything better. And I just, I loved it. I, 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 I honestly didn't, and I've said this and I posted this and I'll just continue to say it just because it's, it's, it was something so, I was so sure it's like, it's, it's an event. It's a thing. It's not something I, I get emotional over. That's not going to happen. I was dead wrong leaving that house. I was like, like my eyes were watery. I mean, to the point that a tear or two ran down each side of my face. I was so fucking happy. Uh, I love this. I absolutely love this. And if I could walk through this every day of the rest of my life, I would be happy. I just, I just, it's, it's just an incredible addition to everything that I love all in one spot. Shelby, of course, we were very high on this house last year, and I know for a fact we're very high on it this year as well. Mm -hmm. However, we do have to be honest and say some of that sparkle compared to all the brand new things right now, this one might have taken a little bit of a backseat until we get closer to the end of the event and we start looking at things as a whole. But were you surprised at how much this house changed or how little Uh it changed or like, was it... How are you feeling about this one right now? I I, I think I'm still kind of lukewarm on it, mostly because we went through it so many times last year. It would be like uh, doing HHN 30 while bringing back um, whatever house from 29 was, you know, just like going through that house again. And with the comparison of all the other houses that you have, um, it's like, oh, I've already been through this and I like it, but now I have all like... Uh, this new stuff like chewed gum <laughs> i don't know that's the best analogy i can come up with <laughs> like I, I i've chewed the the bride of frankenstein enough that yes it was delicious but now i have fresh gum <laughs> i don't know what i'm <laughs> sure. gonna do with that clip but i'm I, listen i <laughs> don't out of context come on. <laughs> you know what is literally the best analogy i could think of like it, it's like i have fresh gum versus gum i've already been chewing a little bit well you know 
to to go back to Hunter's original question, I mean, that's the thing. As much as I just said how much I love this, it might not be my favorite house this year when all's said and mm-hmm. done because there are some really just amazing houses and, and one we're going to get to, I think, shortly if, if I'm following the map correctly. It's a t- and for me to say that me I walked into thirty this year I walked in Friday night saying there's nothing that's going to beat Bride and by the time I'm done I'm like I'm not sure where I rank anything that's huge mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's it- it's real tough when you consider that HHN thirty possibly you know it sucks that Bride is kind of getting kicked to the side just because there is so much great new stuff but when you're looking at the lineup. In my opinion, you have four of the greatest houses that they've ever built. And Mm -hmm. we're going to be hitting those as we work our way around the park, you know. And it's one in each location. You've got two in the sound stages, one in the tent location, and one in the Shrek Theater. Um, And just all those houses are firing on all cylinders. And it's like, man, you could really do a top five list and just 30 could completely dominate that list. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. At least right now, because it's so vivid in our memory. Um, But like, I mean, I can look back at uh, two of the ancients and still feel fondly about that. And so could you about like, you know, uh, ghost town. Yeah. But I think like some of these houses on the list that we'll cover in a second are honestly in my top five at this point. I, I think there's two that are going to be in my top 10 with of my personal history of all time and for the future they're just so fucking good and you know i think that's such a thing about this year is when somebody could walk up to me and be like hey you know what my entire top five list got wiped out this year by yeah, right? 30 it's five houses i'd be like dude i get that like mm-hmm. more power to you that is awesome and if somebody said you know what this house or um, this year's lineup is just that good i'd be like yeah, like I said, everything is is B plus onward. Um, I yeah. really feel, and you know, like I said, the bottom tier house, quote unquote, would be top five. You know, on a year or especially during a year like twenty two, it would be in a gothic position or you know something <laughs> like that. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, I do want to just say it sounds like we're all in agreement, though, that we're very glad that this house is back for people to check out. And oh, um, yeah, Yeah, you know, opening weekend is where all the hardcore fans are coming out. So I did notice this one have a lower wait time than some of the others over the weekend. Mm -hmm. But that's more so just an indication that a lot of people that came on opening weekend were here last year in some sort of capacity uh, because we're all crazy and nuts. And um you know, that is not indicative of the quality of this house. And at the end of the event, I can't wait to see where this one ends up on my list. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's keep moving on up the street to He Who Shall Not Be Named's portal, um, also known as the Tonight <laughs> Show portal. And that is bringing us to the slasher of the year. You know, we love to have our slasher representation. And of course, I am talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What's interesting is this is in the largest soundstage that I believe Universal Studios Florida has. And boy, does this house utilize what feels like every single part of it. It is crazy huge. This thing takes forever to walk through. But, you know, Matt, this is one that you and I were kind of trying to figure out where we felt about it on opening night. And I'm not sure if you saw it again on uh, Saturday, but how are you feeling about Texas now? I'm still, it's not bad. It's, it's my, man, what do I want to say? It's definitely a lot of Leatherface. <laughs> you can't miss him. 
I think I was spoiled with a rapid succession of, of everything in 26 that I kind of was expecting that and probably shouldn't have because they had much more room to play. But now there's a whole argument we can have this year alone saying that the venue no longer matters because every house, like as far as scale and length, seemed to be equal to each other. It could be a soundstage or it could be the Men in Black tent. They're all ridiculously long compared to other years in those locations. But for Chainsaw, man, there was just something about that methodical pacing that was like, off to me and only because 26 is my most recent memory of it i i didn't do it again saturday i am kind of i, I liked I, I all the stuff i recognized absolutely loved all the leather faces certainly enjoy their roles there's no question about that i'm gonna have to do it a few more times before i really be, see how it compares to past presence of Leatherface for me mm-hmm. shelby um i loved it um i think I, I, mostly it's the opening weekend energy of the actors who were like going up like over the top with their swinging of their chainsaws and getting like scary close <laughs> and um, completely ignoring the fact that they have plexi in front of them <laughs> and uh, running into it and whacking their chainsaws all against that plexiglass. I think it's um, cool to see that house in a soundstage now, because I haven't seen it in a soundstage before. I don't know if it was in the past at any point. Um, I just love that they include uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in there. Um, it's a little bit longer than I remember the one in the tent being. Uh, I just so love... So much longer. Yeah, yeah, I just love the fact that you started the gas station and there's just so much Bubba in that house and... Um, uh, there's the one scare where Bubba has the body on him and he's like running down the hallway. Oh, right. at you. Yeah. That's good. And it's just it's so good. And I think the part that caught me off guard is when you turn the corner by the staircase and you go into the, the room that usually has the sliding door versus like the house in 2016 where that was a scare. And now you're going into it and into that room. Um, I just think it's, a, I, I'm a big Leatherface fan. So I, I really like that house a lot. So I'm happy with it. I went through it twice so far. Yeah, same here. I went through it twice. And, you know, this is one I do have fond memories of the the house from 26, which is very, very, you know, there was a lot of conversation about what version of Texas is this going to be? Some people were saying the Texas Chainsaw 3D. Okay, maybe it's based on the remake. Maybe it's the 1974 movie again. Maybe it's kind of a compilation. And what it is, is kind of none of those. It's, yeah. <laughs> a, it's an original adaptation of the 1974 movie that uses the character of Chop Top from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in a major way. And this one is right now, it's on the lower end of my personal list. And that is just because I don't feel like everything is completely firing on all cylinders no. just yet. Um, I think there's still a lot of... Um, getting acquainted with your role and like what you can do with that character and everything like that. I will say one of my big problems right now is just that if you had a similar complaint about the Halloween houses where it's like, Oh man, I love this character, but I sure wish it was somebody else attacking me, but this character, (laughs) this, this house has a lot of the same problems where it's really 75% leather faced and then 20% uh, chopped up. And then you have the father character and, um, 
I feel like that's the oh, you do get some great little pig puppets and one of the weirdest. Yeah, yeah that was pretty <laughs> cool. I wasn't expecting yeah, those. yeah, that was that was nuts. But yeah, this house is super long. It really puts you in this environment, and I feel like this is the one that has the most potential to come back swinging. I said, um, and I really think it's going to deliver something that this event needs, and I actually think it already does that. I just want to see it do something even more than it's currently putting out because. As- I mean, not to interrupt you, but like even as low on our list as it probably is, it's still one of the greatest houses. It's still a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I don't think is... I dislike any house at all this year. Right? Yeah. No, it's it's really impossible to so dislike that fucking any case house files. Mess. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Just kidding. We have three before hours we before we can get there, Matt. Stop derailing. I, uh, I don't think the plexi is going to last long in this house with how <laughs> probably right. violent these actors are. Um, I think the the big boys are eventually going to accidentally tear that stuff down. Yeah. Um, we'll see. <laughs> and I feel like this is as good of a place as any to bring it up. It just, you know, the mask and plexi conversation. I feel like everybody has got their opinion on it. Of course, all the official media outlets have said what they think about it. And, I am kind of, I am not fully on the team of it does nothing to detract from things. However, I think it is so relatively minor in the yes. grand scheme of things exactly. that it doesn't really matter. I That's will say, it's, I think, I yep. think this house, this house in particular is probably the one where the vinyl is most noticeable to me. Yeah. Um, but that does not mean that it is distracting from the experience. All it does is, in my case, being as tall as I am, it sort of telegraphs certain scare spots before I actually reach them. There's, yeah. There's one more, I think, where it's more prevalent, and there's there's a good reason for it, and we'll get to that when we get to that house. But it's it, you said there's a phrase in there you said, I think I think you said in the grand scheme of things or in context. That's the thing. That's the thing. Considering where we're at and what we've been through, that's like it's uh, nothing. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's the bottom line. And it's not near my, 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 I said this from opening night and I'll say it the rest of the season. It is nowhere near as prevalent as the fear mongers in the community let on. They made it sound like every single thing was going to be sealed tight behind vinyl and plastic. That is not the case by any stretch of the imagination. Yep. And not even every single scare utilizes. That's what I mean. Exactly. Yep. 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 Yeah. We'll even see how long it lasts um, in certain places, depending on like, an actor's comfortability like yeah like comfort so we'll see yeah a lot of people you know a lot of roles this year are uh they have latex masks and that sort of thing which is great and if they are wearing a mask over the front obviously they don't need you know that vinyl in that spot oftentimes and that sort of thing but yeah the a lot of the face characters are wearing face masks which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about in just a minute but Mm -hmm. talking about the texas chainsaw massacre in particular this is a house that I really am excited for. And I think above all, like I was starting to say, I just think this house fills a gap that would not be there um, if this this property was missing. This fills the classic horror movie representation of the year, which I view kind of essential to the event at this point. Yeah. Friday Frankenstein Lives is an original sequel, you know, say what you will. But yeah, I am... Excited to see where this one ends up at the very end of 
uh, my my event this year, which I don't even yep. want to think about. I already feel like time's <laughs> slipping away from me, and I've it's gone every the night first that it's been open. Yeah. Two nights. Yeah. There's 40 more and to it's go. Earlier, it's earlier than any event has ever started, so yes. we're kind of lucky in that sense. There's yeah. more nights than years you've been alive. Oh my God, <laughs> that is not the way to judge these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and let's talk about the next house returning from hhn light one that i'm actually really excited to talk about and that is revenge of the two fairy and i'm just going to go ahead and say it we've talked about this house a lot and i'll just go ahead and shoot this out here i think this house plays way better underneath the light of hhn 30 than it did um as hhn light and that's not to say it wasn't wasn't a great house during hhn light i just think it provides such a different tone to the event in the grand scheme, you know, using that phrase again, Matt, but in the grand layout of the event, this house serves its purpose as being that quote unquote, like scary tales property. And because of that, it really, really works underneath HHN 30. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will say when we were going into that house, I kind of just like, uh, like not, uh, not, uh, as in like, well, it's important. The- we thought we were heading into HHN <laughs> icons. True. First. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was a little disappointed that it wasn't icons, but I was like, okay, tooth fairy been there, done that. <laughs> but I, I was happy to see it. I was more happy to see it again than I thought I would be. It was like, that was when we were able to film when Shelby and I went through yeah. um, the preview or not even preview day, just the, the, uh, whatever the, uh, the showcase thing. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, uh, so I had the video. I showed it to many friends. That's probably, I probably, uh, well, there's really no mistake. I saw that more than I did Bride because we couldn't film that. Uh, but I was, uh, once I got in, and, and that, 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 that facade, that pop up book facade is one of my favorite designs ever. Yes. And then the story, I forgot, I kind of forgot about the narrator through the whole thing, which is a really neat, unique touch. And, and then we got some characters that we were clearly, missing that year so i ended up enjoying this a ton more than i expected and i was happy to see it again so it's that and i'll go I'll, it's it's on my list to hit well it's impossible not to see these all again but that's one i'm going to go on my way to see and, and really be able to take in the new changes again this year very soon yeah i i think for me it I, it feels like all the same vein as like bride where i didn't notice much changes and i've just kind of been through it so many times that it's at the bottom of this list for this year. Um, I only noticed one change with the actors. Was there anything else that I might have missed? I only noticed the one with like the the drill. The drill. That's uh, a big one. But there's uh, a I, I, there's a, I think there's a couple uh, fairy redesigns. Yes, there are some new two fairies. Yep. Um, they've got like the the darker color scheme to yep. them. And then this house, I felt like if this house had its negative moments because of the plexi that was installed last year, the vinyl completely eradicates all it of does. those problems. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I I like it. I, I like what Matt said. I, you basically said everything I was going to say. Like the facade's the best. It's a really fun house. It was my favorite from Age of Gen Light. So, um. But what's funny is it doesn't fall above Bride this year. It falls wow. below Bride. It huh. must have been the run that I had. It just I didn't see everybody. So maybe I don't know. I have to go through it again. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got to run through it again because, you know, as much as I uh, not to be I don't want to be hypocritical because like with so many exciting new things, you know, on opening night, got a chance to see everything. And then on the second night, got to see eight things. And you know what got cut? <laughs> the Bride of Frankenstein lives in Revenge of the Two Fairy. Um, yeah. And it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of yeah. how it is when you're prioritizing your uh, delicate feet damage. I yeah. get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my meter was at 95 percent. It's just the fact that we went through those houses so many times during HHM Light. We know them like the back of our hand. Yeah. However, that did play with me. I was going through and I was trying to get just a short clip of each house so I could post it online. Like, here's a little appetizer of what this house's aesthetic is. And it's that perfect scare when you round the corner and it's in the bedroom and there's that platform right there. And there's the the fairy that's right there that pops out. I was yeah. so prepared. I actually walked through the curtain sideways to get a video and it swiped at me and honestly oh, I nice. died. I'm I don't even know how I'm here right now. It was <laughs> it was super spooky. But yeah, I really, really dig this house. And I do think this one on my rankings is not going to move or change that much. I feel like where I have it right now, you know, we'll do final rankings. We're not here to do that, you know, tonight or anything like that. But at the end of season. I wasted but, my whole afternoon. What the hell? <laughs> but this this house is exactly where it would be first time experiencing it or not. I feel pretty comfortable with where it's at. Yeah. Um, only, I mean, there is one negative change that I will say about this house. James Westhorn, what happened to your voice, bro? You sound <laughs> awful now. I didn't notice there was a change. Yeah, the opening narration. He's uh, He's sounding a little rough now. Oh, I didn't you, notice. You said that. I didn't notice, but you got to go back and watch. Do the comparison. He's he's looking. You know, okay. like when that woman took down that that old ancient picture of Jesus and tried to fix it. That's basically <laughs> what happened. That the the fresco. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh my god, that's. I can't believe um, you even made that reference tonight. <laughs> well, I haven't fit my uh, my nightly kiss reference in the catacombs no. yet, so I've got to figure it out. So speaking of icons like Kiss, like Ace Fraley and Gene Simmons and Wait. Paul Stanley and Peter Chris, um, we've got to go ahead and talk about the HHN icons captured. Matt, come on. Uh, this house right here, this had to be just the, th this had to be your full, like, this had to be your come circle moment in a way, walking into <laughs> HHN icons, because I know for me, one of the first episodes of Catacombs I ever listened to was the episode about the HHN icons, something okay. you all did in preparation for HHN 25 and getting a chance to see this house and it's it's the first time that they've done a house. It's definitely it's not the first icons house, but it's the first time they've definitely paid such a loving tribute to the HHN icons. I can only imagine how this felt to you as an old school fan of the event. It's 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 kind of uh, almost doubly so for me to describe because I had already written this off in my head of what exactly this was going to be because of past experiences. I was like, this is just going to be the the kill of the of the not even kill the week what do we call it just the kill scene of every character that we've seen before which is fine i mean that's and i was i was actually looking forward to seeing that part of it but the i'll tell you when we turn that corner into that the lights the music the facade we've all seen let's just all say we've seen that picture that's been floating around for two freaking years of the facade we've yeah. all seen that 
but we've not seen it activated. That blew me away. What blew me away more was seeing Lady Luck and Chance's totems, which I thought was fucking fantastic. And then to have kind of a... It was still a kill character-centric moment for each character, but it was all within the same world, which I was not expecting. And then just the additions to things I never expected to see. I mean, I knew Lady Luck was going to be there. I didn't think she was going to have two full rooms plus another appearance too, if you're at the right spot at the right time. Yeah. The, we'll talk, I know we're going to, I don't know how we're going to escape this conversation without talking about the storyteller. (laughs) The biggest surprise that for any fan of HHN was Bloody Mary's reappearance. And then just the finale of this was just so exceptional that this is, this is one of the two I was talking about that like, when I walk in with a giant chip on my shoulder, it says the chip on the shoulder my, uh, says the bride of Frankenstein lives is the greatest house ever made. This was the first house to take that chip and knock it clearly off my shoulder. Cause I don't know what I think now, because this was so fucking amazing. And I think they just so smartly give everybody, regardless of what your favorite icon is, FaceTime with them. Yes. You know, as as far as we know, at least as far as I can count, there's really only two major HHN icons that aren't quite HHN icons that yes. didn't get their moment in this house. And that's Cindy, who does appear in Scary. I, and then Eddie, who's out on the streets. I would complain if they weren't exactly for what you said, if they weren't represented just as strongly elsewhere. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and they get you know cindy cindy unfortunately poor cindy always gets kind of the <laughs> shaft because she's like shoved in a little corner of her house in scary but at least she's there right <laughs> like, yeah. it's still i would say a better representation than what we saw in monsters and mayhem from 25 for her but yeah, yeah. i don't know though. i'll disagree because her it's her coming scene. screaming out of the out of the sarcophagus was pretty amazing if you caught it if you caught it you might it not if you didn't then it meant nothing to you i get it i get it Me yeah too. i guess they're they're comparable at the very least yeah. but shelby you and i yeah. have been going you know we've been going since 25 uh, in your case a year before but in particular our experience with the hhn icons we have never had that chance to see them in a house outside of their implementation in monsters and mayhem. So yeah, this is, yeah. this is pretty crazy. <laughs> Besides like um, the scare zone. Yeah. This is the, the most we've seen of the icons altogether, especially ones we've never been able to see before, like fear or um, who else uh, shoot? Who am I forgetting? Uh, well, lady, lady, lady lady love, yeah. character, right? Yeah. In the, in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she was not on a stage the way that the other ones were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really cool just to be like, these are the icons that we've been researching for all these years because right. you and I both weren't like hardcore fans in 25. We only became hardcore fans pretty much after that. We're like, oh, we're going to research these icons. And now that we're both huge fans of them, it's like really, it's really cool to see them in person again, now knowing and appreciating them the way that we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, even if you're a Bloody Mary fan, you know, HHN 18 has its diehard fans. People consider that one of the better years to ever happen to the event. You get that little representation in there. Little. And it's, you get a I, significant representation in there. More than we expected, <laughs> yeah. I guess we should say. But yeah, I think they're so very smart to basically frame this as they're continuing the lore of the HHN icons are within Fear's Lantern, but they're basically reenacting 
each one of their commercials. And that's the segment that you walk into the house. And the way that this thing, this house is way more close quarters than I feel like a lot of sound stages that we imagine are. But it's also done in a very smart way where it opens and closes and you just kind of go with the ebb and flow through this house from the beginning you start off incredibly strong. You get your FaceTime with your top three icons, regardless of who they are. And then you end in a very special way that basically gives you a head rush where you're like, oh my God, I don't even care if this person is my least favorite icon. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. Like, that's the feeling you have leaving this thing. And I just really like how, you know, Quint said, oh, you know, it's going to be kind of their kills or their commercials or whatever. And it is, but it's also done very smartly in the way where it takes place within the established lore and world of those characters where it respects the HHN fans while also giving the the icons their due and even twisting them on their heads just a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. I don't know if I want to call Quinn out on this or not without him being here, but I'm going to, and you can without decide whether or not to, to leave it himself. in. Uh, yeah, because he did say, and I just listened to the hype episode again the other day because I was trying to find something else completely unrelated to this. But he said he did rank icons low, and he did say it's just going to be the run of the mill best of kill of the week. I mm. write him and say icons, fucking icons. He's like, yeah, I had a pretty good feeling about that. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, no you I'm did not cutting that for a reason. Okay. Let's, kick him. Let's kick him all down. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna wake up with a horse head in his bed, except in this case it's fears. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, Matt, you especially had to feel some justification that the first scare in this house is the caretaker. Yeah, um, and that is there's no reason to have him there, and I'm not complaining, but it's just so uh, that was cool. And then for me, uh, our first run through that night, the caretaker finished it, which was nice. I mean. Yeah, exactly. And he just did. Whoever was up there did a fantastic job. I probably got one of the best shots of video of him. He he was yeah. he was kind of leg draped over the side of the arm, and then he stood up with his with his uh, those those shears, and then oh. swung down. And where he landed is where the um, that smoke jet goes off for all of them. It was perfectly timed, and I got Damn. I was dead center in front of him when I took that video. Yeah, I'm that sorry. was awesome. That's a little <laughs> sexy. Just a little bit. But speaking of sexy, we need to talk about the redemption of the director in here. Not, oh that, my God. not that like he was on dire straits, but a lot of us are of the opinion, oh, you know, the director doesn't work nowadays. You know, we don't even kind care of to know icon. his first name anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I know I've even shared some of those opinions. But by the time I got to the director's scene and he shined the camera light in my yeah. face as I was yeah. walking by, I was like, Oh, okay. I did, I see what they're doing here. Did you notice when? So he does the uh, huge spoilers here, but he, when he does the double scare, you see him first with the light in your face, and then you yeah. round the corner and he scares again. But he's pointed up and he's filming the usher's death. Yes. Oh yeah. And I was it's like, that is miss, the which is coolest awesome. fucking thing I've ever seen. Yep, that was yeah. pretty awesome. And it, I think every single icon in here gets two rooms, actually, with the exception of, of Jack. I feel like Jack only gets the one room. He kind of yeah. gets like Bloody Mary, too. He's, he's there twice, though, but, but in I feel separate like Jack gets areas. like everyone and a half. Because Jack gets like the intro with the Shady Brook uh, area with all like the boxes and stuff. And then yeah, you get the, the Bloody jail. Mary transition. Yeah. yeah. 
you get the jail cell with Eddie's name on it. With chance, yeah. With chance. Which, lots of chance love in this house. Yeah, I'm you got two. Yes, that's right. You have the seventeen Jack with her, with uh, him in the um, ringleader outfit, and then Chance in the polka dot outfit, original polka dot outfit. I forgot that was the the seventeen duo there. And then you get the yeah. twenty five slash six later. You get every iteration of Chance, which yep. I think is great. Um, but yeah, and then seeing you know you mentioned it real quick, but just in case I forgot, getting fear uh, in the very first room, kind of like welcoming you to the lantern. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Like we're getting <laughs> yeah. the, we're getting the fear representation. But each icon is paid um, so much respect in this, and one of my favorite parts is how much fun it has with the HHN fan base too, because each icon yeah. <laughs> has killed their fan or a couple of them in each one of their zone. And they're wearing the t-shirts or a classic HHN shirt. And I just, that's a real fun touch. Um, What was something? Oh, no, I'll wait. I'll wait for the end of this, but are we going to talk about the storyteller? Or are we not going to talk about the storyteller? I think we need to talk about the storyteller. Should we? I think that's we need the thing. To. Yes, we're in a spoiler conversation. It's a huge spoiler, though. Yeah, but I hey, mean, there's, there's spoilers, spoiler and then there's. Can we just say, don't take your eyes off the storyteller? Maybe. Yeah, and also look behind the storyteller. Yes, yeah, um, which is really interesting how they tied that together. Oh, and you know what? The other HHN icon that's not in this, of course, is the Terra Queen. We were wondering, but oh, she's yeah. also out in the streets as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, everybody shows up this year. Yeah. Um, unless you you're consider- unless you're the crypt keeper. Yeah, <laughs> if you consider Bone, if you consider Bone an icon too, he's out in the front nope. too. So, yeah. I yeah. think he's an icon. I I will, I'm with Matt. <laughs> I will claim it. No, it's on the merchandise. Dang it. <laughs> uh, so is Chucky. Yep. Uh. Doesn't make him an icon. So um, the question I did want to ask, I know um, for me and Hunter, I've got two of the three that I've uh, answers to this. Who who has everyone seen? Uh, I'll, my, I've been through it three times. I've seen Caretaker, Jack, and Chance. Uh, storyteller and Usher. <sighs> oh, nice. Okay. Caretaker Jack and uh, the storyteller actually. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I'm actually I'm actually keeping track of this because I, I want I, I usually don't. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I usually don't care about things like this, but has there been an opportunity to care about something like this? So maybe that's where this is coming from. I'm and I want to is... make I really really want to make my goal to see every possible icon on the throne this year. Um, fun fact that a lot of people have maybe not noticed. I've seen a couple of the hardcore people talk about it, but the throne is pulled from Hades. Um, so yes. returning from 2010, which I think is pretty great because it is super perfect throne. Mm-hmm. And that room, the throne room itself is one of the absolute coolest sets I have ever seen at HHN because it's elevated. You have the scares coming from all sides. You have scare actors up above you face to face with you. And you feel like you're fully in their world. And I guess just like I said earlier, they've done kind of these, these rotating winning scenes, right? I feel like the most prominent one is Freddy versus Jason, but regardless of who wanted that, you know, it was, it was two statues. You walked by both of them, which one was going to be lit up. Yeah. This is an active, (laughs) engagement experience every single time you walk through and even if it's one you've seen before you're like i don't really care like that is the coolest thing i'm going to see tonight and it gives Mm -hmm. you that little matt to to reference basically what you're doing you get that little pokemon gotta catch them all effect where you've got (laughs) to see everybody now 
this is my first year that I have started keeping track of how many houses or how many times I've been through the houses. I'm doing the same thing. This is my thing. first year with Express, <laughs> and now I feel like I kind of have to keep track. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. My only hope is that, like, the last hour of HHN 30, because I feel like I'm probably going to end my event here. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have all of them up there somehow. Like that would be my ultimate dream is to see all of them lording over each other. Or even, you know, maybe they finally decide at the end what is the quote unquote canonical ending. And maybe it's Jack or somebody like holding Fear's head. Like, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with Jack killing Fear, but I really want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my thing. But yeah, I'm glad that they haven't completely dumped the lantern concept because it is really cool. And um, we're, we're going to talk so much about this house. And I feel like this house is the perfect one for us to maybe consider doing this this year, a, uh, a walkthrough, like scene by scene breakdown of it, okay. because oh, this absolutely. is the one that I think we need to talk about here. Yeah. I mean, I'm, oh, we I, ever get to that episode where we talk about, you know, our, you know, the history episode for this year, it's going to be like a five part episode. <laughs> right. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Well, any final thoughts on icons? I know as soon as we move forward, someone's going to remember something. But hey, we've got a yeah, lot. We more got a long season, here. so um, yeah. it was my last house of the night before my group split from me. So that was That's pretty cool. Ours, that was mine as well. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was actually know, my last house of the night for the first night too. So, and you know what? Here's my completely unfounded fan theory. Hmm. Every time I've gone outside of icons, there are three team members standing there with clipboards that want to do a survey. Yes, there is. Yes. I'm curious if they're collecting feedback to see which icon is really resonating with people to get another icon year, either the next or a couple years down the line. So all I'm saying is might be worth stopping to talk to those folks. Mm. Don't 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 just skirt by them. I'm just gonna go by over and over and say the director. (laughs) <laughs> I'll come out with like a hat each time and sunglasses. This this is the original house that is on the marquee this yeah, year. And for good reason. And this yeah. is one that I have a good friend who is visiting from HHN Hollywood for the first time that this is their first experience with the HHN icons. And even mm. then, this one was in their top three. They oh, yeah. do not have that that home-baked enthusiasm where it's their event and they still walked out of this house going, that was yeah. fucking awesome. So this, this friend mean, never wants to enjoy Hollywood again? Is that what's happening? <laughs> That's probably what's happening. <laughs> my uh, my little brother is coming to visit next month and oh, he has awesome. never been to a Horror Nights ever. So I'm like sending him videos of like the history of Horror Nights. I'm like, you better educate yourself. (laughs) Just create. And that's the best thing. You have somebody coming. You're like, here, this house is a big deal. Here's the commercial compilations. It'll take you 30 minutes to watch all these. Yeah. And here you go. Um, We'll have a night before Horror Nights when he comes down. I'll be like, all right, we're going to watch like five hours of videos. Here we go. This man has no heart. Okay, <laughs> let's go ahead and exit. We're going to end up in New York where we're going to hit Seek and Destroy. And this zone for people is either the greatest scare zone that has ever existed, at least since Killer Clowns, or the worst scare zone of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like there is there it's is no divisive. in between. Yeah. I'm team Seek and Destroy. I think this zone is cool as hell, and I need to spend a lot more time in it. I did not go through it at all to form any opinion. And that is the end of what I have to say. (laughs) I walked through it twice and not long enough to know what was going on. So I, 
I gave it a good per. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, specific. I took the time to see it Saturday. I, I want to see more of it. I liked what I saw. I really don't have much of an opinion on any of the scare zones except for one. So I, I unfortunately I'm on the the Switzerland argument that. Shelby has used in our 50 uh, showdown. I don't, I'm not saying either side is wrong or right, but I liked what I saw. And, and, and this has potential for me to really, really dig it. And I think that's how that's going to land, but time will tell. We've already seen some changes. Like we're starting to see there's a couple more chainsaws in the zone, which are always the easiest way to like slice yeah. up a zone. <laughs> it's like, just throw a chainsaw in it. Okay, good. Um, but I think like we'll also see some some outfit adjustments. Like this is the one that, if you'll excuse the expression, will undergo the biggest like depths of fear ing <laughs> where this zone will continue to evolve. And yeah. um I, I think we're we're heading towards a couple more adjustments before people really start to click with this. But I think this is the big zone where you're really gonna have to hang around it to get it in the vein of something like seek and destroy. Or yeah, excuse mine- me, um the zone from twenty six. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, survive or die that one yes yeah. it sounds the same um from my observation from what i've seen the two nights i went and like the 10 minutes i spent in the zone um during the day it doesn't look good no, those right. stark white <laughs> costumes and you know the shiny metal face plates looks awful during the day but from what i saw at night it looked a lot better but i don't know i didn't spend enough time in there well, the, let's keep uh, on Don, oh, Don, ahead, Matt. I was going to call them the Don Post Daft Punk helmets because they don't light up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, you know, we're kind of over into the dead section of the park, which is where I think this is a great place to just talk about some of the food offerings that are available this year and the signature drinks. We all had an opportunity to try some of the things at least. Shelby, what is your favorite item that you've had so far right now? Um... Let's see. I'll break it down. My favorite food item that I've had so far will have to be the turkey and butternut squash gyoza, oh. um, which is all the way over by um, the tent houses at that pumpkin Halloweeny booth over by the Fear Factor stage. Next to the Chucky photo booth, right? Yes. Yeah. Right there. Um, just that icon like Chucky. The perfect blend of like butternut and turkey and there's like a gyoza dipping sauce it's fantastic my favorite drink i haven't had all of the mixed drinks yet um i will say my favorite mixed drink so far is the uh, the poison tea yeah poison Poison tea yeah Yeah, i'm on that team that's that's finally a mixed drink i like and i would get right it's really tasty it tastes like sweet tea with like a kick Um, and then my favorite beer is the Oktoberfest. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. What you met? Well, the, yeah, you're, the, I'm I'm 100 Team Shelby at the drinks. I love. I really. I, I usually am not a fan of the mixed drinks at all. I think maybe the jacked up carnage was a was a difference because I do like I do like that type of cinnamon. But um, the poison tea party has been my favorite drink. Well, I guess in five years <laughs> since we're talking, I was talking about 25. The Oktoberfest <laughs> is pretty phenomenal. Uh, again, there's really no bad beer choice or just limited uh, food, man. Oh man, oh man. I don't, I don't want to be uh, any kind of negative, but oh, I've tried one favorite. thing really, and I was disappointed. And here's the funny part. <laughs> I mean, this this might be the most divisive thing I've seen so far in my feed because I posted a picture of the 
much talked about between Quint and I, candied pork belly. And I said, we need to talk about this. And I'm thinking, mm. I'm posting it as in, what a travesty. Holy shit. Is it like 50-50 down the line on the comments on that post of people loving it and people not liking it, which I did really? not think anyone did. Well, I didn't get our, a chance to try it. So. All right. Here's the expectation you got to put in your head. It is cold. It's what? chilled. It's Why? hard. It's a hard candy shell, like a candied apple. And so it's a cooled pork belly. I expected it to be kind of like a, like a, you know, like a, a thick glazed thing, like a ham glaze or whatever, um, and be warm. So that threw me off from the get go. I may or may not try it again, knowing how I can expect it. But I will tell you, it's a bad form factor of food because biting that thing is damn near impossible. If that thing was broken into three chunks on a plate, that would be so much more easy to eat. Otherwise, you're biting into. A, a, a four-sided Jolly Rancher with a big ass piece of pork in the middle. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't had this one yet. I was super curious about it, but I've seen more of a negative reaction. So I okay. might let this one sit until some brave soul, probably Matt, tries it again and <laughs> gives me a report. <laughs> gives Hopefully me my teeth survive again. I'm surprised I didn't lose one in that. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know what? On Saturday night, I went over to the Texas Chainsaw booth and I got the roasted lamb spit, Ooh. which is just a fancy name. It's it's basically like gyro meat that is sliced up on a platter with a Coca-Cola barbecue sauce and uh, pickles and bread. And then we got that with the leather face cherry pie. And you know what? For 15 bucks, don't forget if you're a pass holder, the discount does apply. Um but yeah, this is, uh, I really enjoyed it. It's its honestly better than me buying something like pizza fries, which I feel like I'm more in love with the idea of than I actually <laughs> am with pizza fries. Um, team Real Pizza forever. Pizza, <laughs> that's the biggest travesty they have of the that season. New, uh, the new French fries and, oh, what is it? It's like French fries and soft serve ice cream now. Oh, oh wow. Okay. That actually sounds pretty yeah. good. Gonna I've been, known, I've been known to dip McDonald's fries in a vanilla shake. Right. Or like Wendy's with a frosty. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. And I just, um, I, I really enjoyed my platter for 15 bucks. I felt like I got a good solid meal, went over into the monsters cafe, which, you know, by 10 o'clock is pretty emptied out and had a great little meal underneath, uh, my best bud, Dracula, his, his <laughs> little portrait there. And, um, you know, as far as the drinks, I think both of them are really good. I know there's a couple more, but the poison tea party, I think is great. And the ghoul juice, if you were a big fan of the Saturn from last year, it's very similar. If you want more sugary or if you want more, I don't want to say subdued because they're both very sugary, but if you want super sugar versus just like already an excessive amount of sugar, <laughs> you know, make your decision there. But yeah, I actually think this is a awesome thing that they've expanded the food options because uh -huh. I used to be one of those people that would eat outside of the park and wait until I was driving home that night to pick up something else or make something yeah. at home. Now I am way more likely to buy food. And if prices stay the way that they are right now, I feel like I'm getting a really good value for what I'm eating in the park. Yeah. My biggest travesty was losing the sushi place up in city. Walk <laughs> right. Yeah. This year. Uh, yeah. Earlier this year. Cause I used to eat there before stand scream every single time. And I would have a decent amount of food before going in and need to eat again. Now that there are food options available during Stay and Scream, including New York and Springfield, um, I feel like they are finally taking notice that people are like, hey, we're hungry. It's five o'clock. We need some food. 
um, and it's good food. And I think they've kind of learned over the past couple of events, like Mardi Gras and the summer food options that people really liked food at Universal. So kind of yeah. happy with it. I am excited to go try the brisket sandwiches over by the Haunting of Hill House. Of course, I haven't had my twisted tater yet, even if they got rid of the best seasoning with salt and vinegar, which I'm still a little mad about. Me too. I'm so mad. I really like twisted taters. I can't think that that's not going to come back because that is such a bizarre thing to take flavor of all the flavors to take off. That has to come back. I mean, how much does it cost to have a shaker there when you're going to use it a billion other places in the park anyway? Didn't they yeah. replace it with the ghost pepper flavor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Ghost pepper. But Which still, apparently I mean, I know, the, I know. the secret hack this year is ghost pepper plus garlic. Okay. Hmm. It, they mm-hmm. got to have bring back. It's salt and vinegar we're talking about, right? Yeah. Well, they never forget. I think it was 28 when we lost our twisted I know, tables, right? And then, yeah. yeah, that was even worse. Look, I'll eat your ghost <laughs> pepper if that's all I can get. But um, yeah, every time I've gone by there, the lines have been crazy busy yeah. and, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, but I guess we just kind of, this is a good part place to talk about it, but the flow of the event has completely changed this year. The mm-hmm. front in mm-hmm. my experience opening weekend, it's still September and come October, you know, you're screwed either way, mm-hmm. but the front of the park is substantially less packed than it has been in recent years. It, I think it's because they put the two IPs in the back for sure. The, the yeah, two big sure. ones. And those lines hold all those people, too. They're not spilling out mm-hmm. or anything like that, which is, you know, it's a really smart move. And neither of those houses are affected by the location change. They're exactly just as good as they would be in the parade buildings as the sound stages. Yeah. I hope they continue to do this going forward. Me, too. The um, only issue is the food booths up there are nuts now. Packed. So those but are there's another lo- There's another location to get Twister Taters, at least, for oh, those of you that like them. Tell me, tell me off. Off recording. We don't need to get that out there. Because <laughs> I don't know where it is. Shelby Catacombs exclusive. Where is the hidden twisted tater yes. set? It's up front somewhere. I don't remember where. Oh, gosh. That's not an exclusive. Now I got to cut Sorry. <laughs> it's, I just remember seeing it. Listen, there was a lot of drinking involved. Cut, cut, It might cut. be in the same place that it was for HHN Light, then, if it's up front. I might know what you're talking about. Which yeah, would make sense, fun. because it's all it's equipped up there for somewhere. that. Oh, and if you do want to brave the candied pork belly, it is not at the Texas Chainsaw tent, like you might think. It's at the Two Fairy tent, which is right across the street from it. Yeah. Um, I did have one other food thing that I went out of my way to get during Stan's Green, which was the skeleton tray, or Grandma's uh, skeleton tray. The vegan barbecue, right? Yes, the vegan barbecue, because I'm not a vegetarian, like, exclusively, but I prefer to not eat it when I can. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had the vegan option. I was like, cool, I'll grab it. The sausage was not good. <laughs> <laughs> it had, some people like it, some people don't. I don't. It had like bits of like seed and stuff in it. Oh, like, okay. Um, and then they had the tofurkey, which was really good. And then the barbecue sauce and just a plain untoasted slice of bread. Yes, I see. I'm looking yeah, at pictures of it now. That's bizarre. Yeah, it literally looks like a tray of prison food. It does. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. guess maybe the theming that they're going for. But when I got it, and I got like it's a, a barbecue sausage. plate. That's what they're yeah. going for. I, I got a sausage in my my sad little tofurkey and my slice of bread, and I'm like, 
did I get the right food? Did is this everything? <laughs> like that gif of Pikachu patting the back on Caterpie. Like I'm just imagining it looks, that was it your... looks like the pictures people were posting from the fire festival. Oh god, it really does. <laughs> I I'm not complaining about it too much because what I did like it was really good. The like the sauce was really good. Yeah, and I'm the getting that was really good. The I'm getting that pie sauce though. Is pretty great. I've yeah, got to get that pie. The pie is actually really good, and you know, Universal, please don't change your prices. But it really inexpensive. For Six yeah. bucks. That's yeah, it wasn't bad. Cheap. Um, I also had the before party. the event started the like chicken finger sandwich over by uh, Crypt TV in that like food truck down. Yeah, I know the area. Yeah, they had like uh, different flavored chicken fingers in bread. It's not so much a sandwich as it is like chicken fingers t- uh, piled on top of a couple of slices of bread that you kind of have to figure out how to eat. But I mean, it's, it's chicken fingers and sauce, which you can't really go wrong with it. And it was good. Yeah. I'm just grateful that I can eat something this year. Like I had the butternut squash, uh, zucchini, uh, noodle dish. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I forget the name of it. It's just yeah. nice to have things that don't make you feel like garbage when you were wandering around. <laughs> yeah. like, so, and you know what? We were extremely lucky. I feel so sorry for those of you who were caught in the massive rainstorm opening night. Thankfully, yeah. we all managed to avoid it. But um, besides that, it was a super comfortable opening weekend. I'm hoping yeah. I'm not cursing our next weekends coming up I by saying that. But the point being is, it's nice to eat something that isn't a double bacon cheeseburger <laughs> that you yes. spent $25 yeah. on. Yeah, coming from someone who tries to eat healthier um, and hates theme park food, it's nice to have options yeah. that won't, like you said, won't make me feel like crap or won't make me need to like feel like I need to run a mile. Yeah, because so, yeah. you're standing, you're standing in line, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, my back hurts. I just, <laughs> I don't feel good. You know, it's it's one of those, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel that way after my yeah. butternut squash zucchini salad thing. It was, yeah, <laughs> and, and they're they're getting better with the the vegan and the vegetarian options. So yeah, vegan brownie is back, and it kicks all sorts of ass. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I I will say, looking at their menu, they do have going back to beer. They have canned. It's canned, but still, mm-hmm. I mean, cans are solid it, they have rogue dead guy L, which is an interesting choice because that's a that's a recommended uh, uh my box style um in beer making i gotta imagine it was chosen for the name more than the style but hell that's a that's a nice treat so i'm gonna go on my way to get one of those you get one guess as to where that beer is brewed uh portland yep yeah as soon as I saw Rogue was on the menu, I was like, oh, my God, it's Oregon beer. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I saw Central Oregon beer in Savannah, Georgia, and I was like, what Where? What world am I in right now? <laughs> That's great. Well, here, let's keep on moving. You know, we are continuing our tour around the park. We're going past the scariest attraction, which actually isn't open this year, which is Fast and Furious Supercharged. And we're going to end up over in San Francisco, where the Crypt TV scare zone is. You know, this is one that I did not have a lot of uh, anticipation for, to be perfectly honest. Crypt TV was just not my thing. Um, it's it's something that I haven't really fallen in love with. I'm going to be honest. I don't really watch a lot of syndicated programming. So for me to sit down, if it's not something I'm already watching, probably not going to do it. <laughs> but I went into this and I'm like, you know what? 
this zone is really cool for what it is. For it being the quote-unquote corporate tie-in scare zone this year, mm. I'd say it's much better than previous things we've seen, like Face Off or even some of the Walking Dead zones that we've mm-hmm. had. You know, I think this zone comes together in a really fun way. And if it's going to convince, you know, maybe I will hang out in this zone for 20, 30 minutes one night and watch these interactions and go, you know what? Maybe I should give Crypt TV a chance. What about you, Matt? Yeah, same feelings. Um, I liked what I saw. I thought that the uh, costumes and the makeup or whatever you want to describe what the characters are wearing was very cool. Uh, I, I, I made no bones about I didn't even know how to watch Crypt TV when we did our hype episode. <laughs> so I, I don't know any of the material, but it certainly has me interested, which I think is half the intent of the scare zone, if not more. So, yeah, I'm curious to find out more about it and check it out again. Shelby, you knew the most out of all yes. of us going into it. I love it. I think it's, uh, I mean, that's what Crypt TV is mostly. It's just like the cool creature design. And that's exactly what they're showcasing, but in a creative way. Um, I got to see my boy, the Mordeo, and I got to see my queen, the Birch, on her big stilts. And she was gorgeous. Um, I loved it, but I also did not get to spend a lot of time in it. I kind of did the same thing with Seeking Story, where I just kind of ran through it. Yeah. But from what I was able to see just briefly, I loved it because I just fall in love with these characters like the Luxi and Mordeo, the Birch and all, you know, Missanity, all these very distinct characters that have become known on Crypt TV. Um, it's it's a very niche thing for people to like, and I think it's really cool for it to be showcased at Horror Nights. Yeah. Um, I like it. I do want to sit down with like a drink from Shea Alcatraz and enjoy it and see how it goes. I think so too. And this zone, I feel like this zone, because it's not something like Rob Zombie, it doesn't have the congestion issues, Mm -hmm. but I also haven't been back there during the peak time just yet. So I don't want to fully confirm to that, but it is cool. Every single stage you walk by and somebody is getting interacted with, or they've got like a small crowd, like they're watching their favorite, you know, creature perform for them. And I think this is really a cool uh, zone that came together in a pretty great way. I do think with a lot of the other zones being so strong this year, I'm not really sure where this one's going to end up, Mm -hmm. but I really think, you know, I've seen some people say, you know, none of the scare zones are working this year into that, you know, to be perfectly honest, I kind of have to ask if scare zones are your thing. Um, But yeah, I think that the zone is cool and I look forward to checking out a little bit more of it, especially the, whoever the look-see actors are, they are having the time of their life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I feel like it's all due to that, that vine or that TikTok from a couple TikTok. years back. Yeah. <laughs> they have, they have so much more on that TikTok where they do like popular TikTok dances and trends. It's, it's ridiculous and it's perfect because they're trying to reach the audience who's strictly online because yeah. all their stuff is on YouTube. So I think it's perfect. Hey, Matt. Yes. Do you do you hear that? Do you no. hear a uh, young adult woman shouting Tiana at the top of her lungs? Is it <laughs> echoing in your eardrums right now? Because we are going over to Halloween Nightmare Fuel, of course, in the Fear Factor live stage. Uh-huh. And you said something really interesting to me walking out of this. Uh-huh. And um, I'm not sure how brave you're feeling this evening. Oh, I feel However, I, I, the floor is This will be, be the third forum I've said this in. I've said it on, I've been interviewed about opening night a couple times, and I'll say it again. This is the best thing I've seen in that theater in years, and that includes oh, some damn. late years Bill and Ted. 
Yeah. So I before you guys talk about it, because I haven't seen it yet, I have only seen snippets from like my friends' Snapchats and stuff. And the first ooh, thing I said to my friend to be filming. Yeah, ooh. We're gonna narc. It's fine. I want names and accounts right now. <laughs> We're putting Annie in a vest as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the only thing that I could think of, the first thing out of my like fingers as I typed it to my friend was count me down as scared and horny. Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> well well uh apart from my obviously recommendation with that statement i want hunter to follow up with his statement on twitter which is probably the best description i've ever read about this show (laughs) yes um look we actually got criticized recently online for being a hive of uh, scum and villainy due to certain swear words however i really (laughs) i really think it is a uh the way i described it is probably the best way (laughs) because this tweet is still going off and it just says Halloween nightmare fuel dares to ask the question. What if we let 15 people in bondage fuck on the fear factor stage for 30 minutes? And I think that's really the the best way to say it in a lot of ways. There's, there is a narrative to it. It is extremely light. This is more of a, I don't know. This is very much a Las Vegas style show. Do you feel that's, that's fair to say, Matt? Yeah. Um, um, Everyone is scantily dressed, um, often in some sort of fetish wear, and they are doing uh, hot stuff, whether that is physically or literally with fire. The, what I love most about this show is that it's it's it doesn't stop. It's relentless. It's like Nandor the Relentless. It doesn't <laughs> relent. It, it doesn't stop. There is always, with Academy of Villains, except for maybe their last year. Am I allowed to say that name? Let's say the 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 yes. artists that were there prior to them, except for the last year, there was always that moment of you're like, ah, oh, it's this part, you know, can we get through this? And Bill and Ted had the same thing. Sorry, I love Bill and Ted as much as I'm everybody yelling. else, but every year there was always a part where you're like, all right, just get through this because this is the worst part. This did not stop beginning to end, and it was like that was twenty twenty five minutes. What the hell just happened? That's what I love most about this. Yeah. Yeah. This show is very aggressive and in your face the entire way through. My only complaint about this is they play a bastardized dubstep version of Welcome to the Black Parade. Um, oh which but they, have a, they culture, also have a remix of Dragula. So. <laughs> which, which is pretty great, but you don't remix Welcome to the Black Parade. That's, that's my national anthem, and it is to a lot of people. Um, however, yes, it is. It's really fun. It's really cool. You know, this is one where if you are kind of along the lines of if you're disappointed, it's not a Jack show or you're disappointed. It's not a comedy show. Sorry, it's neither of those things. Nope. <laughs> but I'm going to urge you. It is a really great place to kind of take the load off and take a sit this year because it does really feel cohesive with the theming of this year. And I would actually say like these performers, you basically could have taken them straight out of 30 years, 30 fears and plopped them on stage. And that's basically what you've got here. And there's also some really cool magic elements too. Yeah. 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 It's a, a, a bit of dance. It's a lot of fire acrobatics and a little bit of illusion. And then the fire, we were like, what, eight rows in, eight rows up from the, the fire. And we're still, like, oh, we weren't our- even that we were on the third row. From oh, was the it? Oh, that explains it because we were getting our eyebrows singed i'm like how <laughs> fucking big is that fire <laughs> yeah yeah well, i loved it i loved every second i'm of still it. drawing my on I, <laughs> I look um but yeah the show is really cool you definitely owe it to yourself to go check it out and it is one of those things you know at some point 
you're going to want to get off your feet for a while. Yes. Go check out Halloween Nightmare Fuel. I will do that Thursday. Okay. <laughs> right around the corner. Well, speaking of right around the corner, we have Men in Black Alien Attack. So, Shelby, break time. <laughs> tell me all the hints to get a perfect score. I'm just kidding. Uh, you have to hit Frank, and you have to have eyeballs, and you have to hit yourself. Um, yeah, no, I've yeah, never maxed yourself. out on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, we are coming upon my personal favorite house of the event. Shelby, I... I haven't talked lists with you, so I don't know where this one is. Matt, I know this one's really high for you, but I'm talking about Wicked Grove, the Realm of the Pumpkin. Oh, Shelby, okay. hit me with it. Something, okay, we skipped a house, but we'll get back to it. Wait, um, oh, oh, yeah, we do have to go to Scary, don't <laughs> yeah, we? I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm just so excited <laughs> to get to Wicked Grove, obviously. <laughs> should, should we pop into Scary real quick? I, I, thought, I, I, had, like I thought I had a stroke and missed it. I'm no, like, no, no, no. I, I know. I was like, wait, Scary's your, your top favorite? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you know what? We'll get back to you, Wicked Grove. Just sit back down for a minute and be humble. Um, so here, let's pop on over to Scary, which is, you got to forgive me, folks. It is kind of tucked away. It's the MIB tent house. And you know what? I was so focused on my joke about MIB, I pulled a dumbass <laughs> move. It's fine. Um, but Scary, this is kind of our traditional anniversary house this year, right? This is the compilation where, hey, we're going to pull something from every single house that's been featured in this property and do something really fun with it. Um, it might not be every single one. I've got the list, which we'll talk about in just a minute, because I did recognize them and I wrote them down. And um, I guess, Shelby, how do you want to start off with Scary? With Scary, I... I want to really, really like this house, but I don't think it carries the energy that I thought it was going to. Um, I love it because I got to see the White Dot Estate and I got to see Etcher Blood and Guts for once. Um, and I got to see uh, like the schoolhouse and all this stuff, but it, I feel like it's all a lot of it is really niche and it's stuff that I didn't even know about that like my, my friend who was with me, Mark. Um, he had to kind of point some stuff out and I was like, oh, I forgot about that, even though I'm on a podcast talking about Hornets. <laughs> um, it, I loved it. It's up there. It's easily like in the top five, but it is not in the top three. That's my consensus. My hot take right now is these three houses that are basically back to back, you know, this Wicked Growth and Puppet Theater. This is kind of like the scariest corner of the event. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I guess you could say that even extends down to Hill House, depending on how you feel about that. Matt, you and I walked into this one. This was our very last house of the night. I feel like it took a couple hits because it was the last yeah. house of the night. If we would have started off here, it would have been like, holy shit. But all things considered... This one still ended up in a pretty decent spot on my list. I think this was number six or seven overall. This, I, I, I've said this somewhere else. I don't think I've said it. Well, I couldn't have said it on the show, and I didn't say it that night. This is a pretty ballsy compilation house because this is taking the deepest of the deep lore. There's yeah. nobody that doesn't think about Halloween Horror Nights year round that even if they do go every, every year, but they're not obsessed with it, they're not going to recognize most of this. This is pretty daring. Which is, I give it a big, big, uh, huge props and points for that. I don't know where it lands yet. It's probably right in the middle in that cloud that I don't know where to rank everything. 
But I did have a lot of fun revisiting stuff, particularly HR Blood and Guts, which I think is the thing everyone's going to walk away with most is that mm-hmm. even though it, they could have done a little more, I think, but they certainly brought him out for everybody to see, literally. Like, <laughs> he's right yeah. in your face. So it's a um, very small scene, but yeah. it is the fact yeah. that it's there. But if you nice. look, but if you look at the wardrobe, every holiday room from that house is represented. So yeah. every room of the house is there. And two scare actors, yes. Um, which yep. I only saw one of them opening night. So when I got the second one, I actually had a pretty good scare there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So See, I've only I've only been through it once, so I, I I don't really consider a fair opinion on a house until I've been through it a few I, times. I agree. Yeah. I'm the same way too. I've been through it twice now. Um, enjoy it. It's I think it's going to fall in the middle. But man, am I impressed that they decided this is this is like the best of house. This is. Uh, I mean, the icons, icons is a different level I, I'm, I'm, for me. And I've been speaking only for me. Icons is a different level. This is the 25 years of mayhem. And it's like stuff that no one, the average person does not know. That's pretty d- daring. And I, I love that they did that. I really like the intensity of this house. I like that. It just says, you might not know what this is, but God damn it. We're going to get your ass. Like as soon as you walk into this thing, um, because the very first room is the spawning and they've actually redesigned the scolders. You know, um, the spawning is one of those houses that is commonly regarded as one of the worst HHN houses. Yeah. And it's been a decade since they've shown up. So the fact that they are opening this thing, which we're, I'm going to talk about this in literally just a second, but I think it's kind of the redemption for those characters and it's really cool. And I like the way this house transitions, how it goes is you start off in the basements with the spawning and then you're going up into the cave from hive. Mm -hmm. You end up in the Wyandotte estate, which transitions in the dead end, you know, two tonally similar houses being the haunted house aesthetic. You exit out into the schoolhouse going into the orphanage, which is where you get your Cindy cameo. So you're going from the house out to the playground into the school. Then you are ending up in the HR blood and guts studio. You end up in leave it to Cleaver. And then it, I guess the last scene is actually Hellgate or, and the stinger scare is like havoc. But you know, the fact that it flows as well as it does, it's like, this could have just been a bunch of random scenes and admittedly it kind of is, but the fact that there was a lot of thought into saying, okay, how are you getting into scary? Like you're basically breaking in underneath the billboard and having to go through the sewers to enter this haunted town, I think is really cool. It has just that little bit of extra detail that I think is sick. And this house is going to have the privilege of being that really far back tent house that most stay and scream people are not going to go do because they're going to puppet. They're going to wicked growth. They're going to haunting. They're going to Beetlejuice. This one, you are easily going to be able to loop multiple times at stay and scream. Mm -hmm. And this one's going to end up, I feel like at least mid tier on my rankings because of how accessible it's going to be. Yeah. I, I, again, I didn't, I, I can I could talk like English. Um, <laughs> I feel like I need to go through it more times to give it a solid opinion. But from the few instances I do remember with the schoolhouse and um, the wine dot, I really did enjoy it. Um, but I am ready to go through multiple times, especially when we go and drink and duff and go have all the there time that we want to yeah, go right? enjoy that house. Yeah. So, and I think this house is really dark, especially if you have daylight blindness going in, and it has potential for some really awesome scares. It does kind of let up by the time you reach HR Blood and Guts, you're kind of like, okay, whew, I'm safe. But 
up to that point is consistently pretty scary all the way through. And I think the scares on this one are firing off already. And I can't wait to see where they are, say, come the end of the month or October. Yeah. I will say daylight blindness plays a huge part in this because the second time I went through it, I went right in. I think it was Stain Scream. Might have been the second house. It was still bright as hell out. And I ran into walls no less than seven <laughs> times. <laughs> um, before we go on to the next house, uh, this is something I per- personally noticed. Um, I think this is one of the least busy opening nights in the last couple of years. Which is so weird considering both nights were sold out. I am with you. So I don't know what their capacity plans are. I was told um, by, well, people that should know, not not necessarily know directly, that I trust they know, said it was going to be full capacity, but it sure did not feel like it. Yeah, it, it especially in the scare zones, it felt... Uh, not as congested as yeah, it has in the past, especially opening one. weekend. I think, um, well, the pandemic, yeah. also the fact that a lot of the IPs aren't as big as yeah. previous IPs is playing a part in it. So I wonder how the next coming weeks are going to look. Um, probably not that busy. So we'll see. I think it helps when each house is as good as they are too, because yeah. people are going to spread out and go find that their could, favorites. Yeah. yeah, true. I do want to say something that I think is an important observation I made since we're on that that subject, the whole pandemic thing. There was now Friday was a little bit of an exception because you kind of get snuck around backstage with the RIP tour, but Saturday I was express lining everything to my little heart's content and. I, I don't know if anyone's wondering what the opinion of that is. Yes, it's busy. Yes, there's a lot of people. But say for a very couple uh, areas, and I'll, I can even point them out, there was every opportunity for me to make distance. And you can only take care of yourself. You can't rely on anyone else. But there's always an opportunity for me to be distanced from people. I carry literally three masks in case one gets disgustingly sweaty, which oddly didn't happen this weekend. And I carry my own hand sanitizer. So it, there's every opportunity to take care of yourself. If you make that effort, you might have to avoid a few things like you might not be comfortable in nightmare fuel. Um, you might not be uncomfortable over in the central park area, but there's, yeah. like I said, there's, there's the opportunity in the room to space yourself out. And even in line and express, I kind of gave the guy in front of me three feet and even through the house and wasn't pushed through by attendance yet. That will probably change. They'll probably start yelling at me soon. But but you you have the opportunity in the in the the room to take care of yourself if, if anyone's wondering. Hopefully other people are uh fighting that battle for us so we don't right. have to deal with it. Yeah. You know? But yeah, we are uh we are all firm believers of you know what, they're doing so many safety protocols in the haunted houses. Uh easiest thing in the world you can do is pop on your mask yourself before yeah. you walk into these houses. Um, even if you're wearing, not wearing them outside. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a weird year because we really have to figure out how things are working because stay in screen this year is even super weird because Duff Gardens is separated from the, uh, kids zone stay in screen this year. Uh, They have their own waiting area. Yeah. When I pulled up, I said, Oh my God, what a madhouse. Yeah. So kids zone, Stay and Scream is where Marathon of Mayhem. Basically, they've created a lineup up and down, you know, the, I, I want to say aisleways, but not exactly what I'm looking for. But anyways, between the railings up to Kid Zone, and Duff Gardens was actually 
a walk-in. Uh, I feel like oh, a lot true. of people didn't know that was an option. Um, after I was scanned in, I could just walk straight into Duff Gardens, which was pretty nice. Oh, that was, yeah. Uh, that, our friend Dan told me how to get to that because I walked past that that split entrance and went, what the fuck is this? And I was like, yeah. what do I do? And then he told me, he's like, stay all the way to the left and just keep walking. And, and he's right. You could just walk in from there. It seems like Duff stay and scream this year is scary and puppet and wicked growth opens a little bit after, of course, um, the haunting of Hill house and Beetlejuice. I don't think either of those open at six o'clock. I think the are six thirty houses. Um, however, you can go ahead and get in line. And I mean, if you do not have express, of course, that's the easiest way to see those without waiting a substantial period of time, unless you are one of us crazy people that can hang tough until the very end of the night where people start leaving around 11, 1130 or whatever. And then if Finnegan's appears to be the bride of Frankenstein lives in the Texas chainsaw massacre this year. So that, is the breakup and I'm yeah. actually wanting to go do Finnegan's just to see if it's become acceptable again. We did it on Saturday and I didn't mind it when we were out on that street that usually is like covered in sunlight and you're dying. It was yeah. all covered in shade. Oh, okay. Um, probably cause those booth, those food booths were there. Uh, like usually where they have like the Mardi Gras food booths, they have those, uh, like the barbecue and stuff, the, the, oh, what is it? The donut burger. Yeah. You can get that there. <laughs> um, you, so they have all that food option. And so there's like a line for Texas chainsaw. There's a line for bride and whatever else you can get into. And so the line for Finian's wasn't bad. There wasn't a lot of people there. Um, it's as spread out as it was not last year, but 2019 where it was like, it takes up all of, New York, basically. Um, you can just chill out, hop in line whenever you feel like, and then you're just not waiting in line that long. It was yeah. uh, pretty nice. Yeah, definitely. The focus is going to be on those big IPs toward the middle back of the park. And um, yeah, it's it's just nice that it doesn't seem like there's a bad area because there is no bad house. You know, like previously when Duff was like Blumhouse Volume Two or whatever. You're like, you know, it's the better area, but ooh, that house. Um, here with Finnegan's, you know, you're not having to put up with the Ghostbusters and Stranger Things crowd, so that's nice. Um, yeah, just pick your favorite and make it work for you. Um, but hey, all right, I've already alluded to it. Obviously, I'm excited about this house. I think it's about time we talk about Wicked Growth, the Realm of the Pumpkin. Matt, Shelby. Mm -hmm. This is the house I have been waiting my entire life for. Um, well, you must be really the, disappointed then. <laughs> <laughs> this house had the biggest potential to be the biggest flop for me. This one was all super high on our list. And it seems like it just completely crushed every expectation we had. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to say who, it. Who first? Going ahead, Shelby. Um, I love this house. Um, I love this house more than I love most relatives in my family. I love this house more than I love my cats. Oh, whoa. Um, whoa. Hold up. No, that's not true. That's a lie. Um, that's a lie. <laughs> I'm calling you out right now. I love this house more than Scarecrow. Okay. Wow. Really um, early hypeless. And you know that Scarecrow is probably my number one house of all time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is saying something because everybody thought that um, Case Files was going to be my favorite house of the year. And I love it. And I cried. 
Um, and it still is like one, it's like my number two favorite house of all time. But when it comes to a good horror nights house, this house is the best of all time. It's it's so good. Like even with the plexiglass, like I had people swiping up from underneath the plexi <laughs> at us. Yeah. Um we we got attacked by this dude down underneath and then you have the cover. I heard you love this house more than you love me. <laughs> you heard my cat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> she needs to be fed. Um, there's the covered bridge, there's the barn, there's the entry, there's, it's just, there's so much happening and all fit into a tent house, which is astounding because it's, it feels a lot bigger than what should belong in a tent house. And it's so, so good. And I've been through it twice, three times, three times. I've been through it three times and I love it. Matt, I was there telling you about this house. And I said, Matt, it only took one run through. And I think Ghost Town has been unseated from it. And I am am sort of worried about being one of those people that builds up this house to ridiculous expectation for people that are coming later in the season or, you know, two weeks from now or whatever it might be. But it's really hard to imagine anybody that loves Halloween being disappointed by this house. I agree. Um, I'm going to steal my own quote from another article because I can't say it any better than I've already said it is that if there's a greater homage to the spirit of Halloween anywhere in the world, I mean, I'd like to see it because I can't imagine there is. This is so Halloween from one foot in the door to the last foot out. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. 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 I think uh, I believe the artist uh, Cyan Circuits on Twitter even did the Pumpkin Lord character in the style of the Great Pumpkin. Yes, Charlie I Band, saw that. Yes, which so is brilliant. which is like, you know, if you need something that's going to challenge the spirit of Halloween, it's the Great Pumpkin. Charlie Brown would be <laughs> it to do both of these. It's I, pretty great. I think it, it, nothing will beat the moment with through my first run through of that house where I looked up at the Pumpkin Lord. And I waved at him because I have to always wave at somebody who, like, I find imposing. Um, and he waved back with, like, this little tiny wave. And I'm like, <laughs> I love you, sir. <laughs> you know, have- the first time through there, I was like, I don't know if that's a man or a puppet, but that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's the, so um, great. That's probably the other greatest piece of footage I got from the caretaker at the end of Icons was I I was, I was held my, my camera right in front of me and he reached out with his hand and said, I am Halloween and curled his fingers left to right one by one, making a fist as he said it, that, 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 that is, I need to put that in the GIF and just start cheering the fuck out of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I love that the pumpkin Lord character is basically the, uh, devil from legend, uh, Ridley Scott's legend, but just a pumpkin form. Yeah. Really <laughs> yep. I didn't um, think about that. Unofficial HHN icon. Um, <laughs> I mean, so Duff brought up the fact that like Nathaniel Crow is canon uh, yeah. Duff from 365. Yep. Where is the pumpkin Lord Nathaniel Crow? No, no, it is actually uh, one of the farmers that is getting eaten, eaten by a pack of crows. crows yes. Oh, okay. So he's dead, but he's canon. Maybe Which, he'll come back. Who knows where that might lead later on. Right, yeah. true. But this house is, 
You know, every year I've always talked about, man, I love classic Halloween. And the fact that this even goes beyond just pumpkins and it does things like Grim Reaper skeletons and mausoleums and even a awesome tribute to witches. There's a hilarious scene where a witch is batting down somebody yep. that's in a pot and she's like, get back in there, ingredients. And then you have the snow white evil queen witch around the corner and she's like, I'm the pretty one. <laughs> um, there's just so many. This house is one that not only is scary, but it has this dark humor to it all the way through. Yeah. And I feel like every good horror movie needs that. Yeah. And this literally hits all of the perfect marks for a good horror movie and makes a great haunted house. It's a, it's a little bit of a reset before you get into that finale with the pumpkin Lord. I love it. And I, I think that, I think that witch that witch scene is visually one of my favorite parts because it has all the colors of Halloween, black, Mm -hmm. gray, orange purple green and done so well and that i I could just sit there and and i think i missed this character the second time because i was just watching the animation or not even i guess the light tricks on that book i i love that scene a lot and there's a lot of references to other halloween horror night stuff like there's the cane cemetery Mm -hmm. and there's the the squishy pumpkins from twister tradition yeah it's just all of it it's just this perfect amalgamation of just everything that is good about horror nights and specifically like the Halloween aspect of horror nights. Yeah. Somebody tweeted out, they were like, we might not have gotten Halloween three, but we got wicked growth, which features (laughs) skeletons, witches and pumpkins. And I think that's great. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. This house is one that is going to just go down in history for me after three run throughs where it's just like, this house is everything I've ever wanted. And (laughs) I just cannot wait to see this so many more times over season because it's really hard to just talk about how much I love this thing because it is, it's perfect. It it really is. It really is. If it's not obvious, I said there was two houses that could dethrone bride potentially very easily. Obviously this is a second. If, if if it wasn't clear because this is fantastic so far, at the beginning of the event, this is my favorite house. Yep. However, that is not to take away from its sister house right next door, yeah. which is Puppet Theater Captive Audience. This I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This is the house that I've consistently got the best scares in since opening night. Mm-hmm. This house completely has rattled me several times, even though I feel like I've got a really great idea of where the scare actors are. And I wouldn't change that for the world because this house is perfect as well. And I feel like it's going to get kind of lost in the conversation with something like with icons being as good as it is, with case files being as good as it is, and Wicked Growth being as great as it is. This house is going to be in that fourth spot. But holy hell, any other, this is going to go back to something I said earlier. Any other year, I think you would say Puppet Theater is the best house of that mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Good point. This is a house that is, man, it it wasn't what I expected, but in a good way. And I could see this sneaking into the conversation of wicked icons and bride for me. It has that potential, but it's not quite there yet. But there's a lot of this I love, and it does have my favorite character of all time now. (laughs) I was going to say, Matt, your favorite HHN icon. that That little dancing body. Oh, he's so cute. Thrills me to no end every time I see it. 
So I was not expecting him. I think I'm going to be talking more about this as the season goes on than I am tonight. I have that feeling. We'll (laughs) see. Shelby, obviously, this is one that, you know, we were anticipating just because it was for all, you know, intents and purposes, the first official announcement of Mm -hmm. HHN 30. We've even seen a pretty great walkthrough of this thing very, very early and despite this, I felt like I still had constant surprises through this house and the scare actors. Holy hell are they working? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. My thing is I've only been through it once and it was the first house I went through. So yeah. it's not very fresh in my memory. But from what I do remember, it was awesome. Um, the first things I can take away were the the very large scene about in the middle where you have the giant stage and you have that lady up on the, the, the oh, balcony. Yeah. yeah. Um, it in was, a tent. Yeah. As, in a tent. yeah. as awesome as wicked growth is, this is the house where you're like, Holy hell, how did they put this in here? Right. They're literally pushing it to the literal like limits of this tent. It's, um, and there's a live scare actor above you in the tent, like yes. on yeah. that stage. It's it's crazy, and then like he said, the little puppet dude, um, and then I, I don't know if you guys saw it, the like weird, gross like caterpillar esque looking puppet above you. Yep. Yeah. At near the end, that thing was uh, slightly disturbing. Um, I like Hunter said, if this were any other year, this would be like yeah. <laughs> top ten. It gave me hardcore like uh, Dollhouse of the Damned vibes, um, for good reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. I really did enjoy it. I want to go through again because I it's not very fresh in my memory. Yeah. This is the, you know, Wicked Growth is very claustrophobic at points. But from my mind's eye, I feel like this one is even more close quarters than Wicked Growth is. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're about even, but they do some stuff where they are right in your face in this one. And you'll notice what we haven't brought up in this which is vinyl because you do not (laughs) notice it whatsoever in this house. I don't remember it at all. (laughs) Yeah. And that's something at wicked growth hides it really well. I think scary hides it really well. Unfortunately, those sound stages, uh, you know, it's a little bit more noticeable, but like these tent houses, like you don't even notice it. And one of my favorite scenes that I've had at the event so far is that scene with the Shakespeare monologuer in the middle where he's yes, doing the, the Horatio yes, monologue yeah. while he's holding the head. And the whole story of this one, you know, um, just tying it into that history element where it's based on, you know, a historical event, the earthquake of San Francisco. And you're inter. I love stories of people going into places where they should not be. <laughs> and that's yeah. what this is. Yeah. yeah. So I will bring up this. Um, this is my first RIP tour ever. Oh, wow. Okay. So the fact that they introduce the storyline to you before you go into the house is awesome. They don't do that if you are like a regular guest going through the house. Um, The only way you can kind of get the stories is through like the app. Um, And if you're not like paying attention to the app, then you're not going to really know like what you're getting into. You're just going to be like, oh, there's some scary puppets. Um, so you really do have to kind of pay attention to the website or the app or blogs and stuff to really know what you're getting into. Cause if you don't, you're going to be really confused, especially when you get through like a couple of the houses later on. 
I love this house. This is so good. <laughs> and I feel like, like I said, unfortunately, it's kind of stuck in that fourth spot unless like one of the other three really drops, which I hope doesn't happen. But oh man, this one is so good. Are we going to do a list at the end of this? Be like, I, I don't think I can. End of I don't the know event, if it's that I yeah. hope you're saying because I can't do that tonight. I, I don't yeah. know what to do. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to really think about it. Plus, once again, we don't really want to rate things if we haven't had multiple chances to go True. through, of course. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's it's worth a small mention, but there is no Chainsaw Clown Gang in Springfield this year. Yeah, we the know. most depressing moment of the year. Oh, really? Uh, I'm actually, I'm kind of, right now, on a few nights into it, I was kind of... Relie- not relieved, but I was like, "Oh, enjoy this this break for Aww, a moment." See, I, I, my favorite moment is like grabbing a duff and sitting in front of Moe's. I'll probably miss it. That's that's very likely. But right now, I was like, yeah. I was okay with it. I was like, I noticed. I was like, wait a minute, that, that, they're not here. Okay, I can live with that tonight. Yeah, I um, I hope it's one of those things. Maybe they show up in the future because like they are essential to the core identity of that section of the park. And I do think, unfortunately, you know, you don't but encounter a scare zone from Crypt TV all the way to Gorewood. I think yeah. it's, it's noticeable. I think that's a lot newer than you're remembering it though, Hunter. It's not that entrenched. It's been there in since 25. Was it? No, I, thought it was there in 24. No, I don't, I don't think it's been there that long. I it could was be definitely wrong. there in 25. All right. Then maybe I'm wrong. Okay. You got to remember everything to me happened last year, five years ago, or 20 years ago. <laughs> it's okay. I just feel like as long as I've been going, there's been the chainsaw game. Oh, and there. that's all that counts. I get it, gatekeeper. <laughs> gatekeeping. You know, you know. <laughs> Matt, yes. Shelby did not have a chance to check out Marathon of Mayhem. So just real quick, let's pop in here before we go on to the two big IP houses this year and just general impressions of. Oh shit! What's it called? Carnage Factory. <laughs> yes, Carnage yeah. Factory. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and talk about Carnage Factory, which is the replacement for Marathon of Mayhem, or I guess the sequel of Marathon of Mayhem this year. Um, this one prominently focusing on the character of Jack the Clown. He's kind of hosting it, and a couple of other IPs, including the HHN icons. Yes, um, I think a sequel is a good way to say it. It's it's sophomore effort. It's it's the next one. It followed up possibly perfection, which is a tough act to follow. But having said all that, I loved it. I loved it on its own. Comparing the two, I think, is very unfair. But it's a great follow-up. I hope they keep this level of entertainment going. I think it's more a little more aggressive as far as its music and imagery than 29 was. And I think that was done on purpose, a little grittier and it's uh, I'm going to quote, I keep stealing from a, from another venue that I already wrote for, but I guess I'm on on trick pony. It's not the empire strikes back to star Wars, but it is the guardians (laughs) of the galaxy volume two to the guardians of the galaxy. It's that level. It's, it's good. It's false. If you're going to compare the two shows, which is difficult not to do. Okay, I think 29 is better, but there's really nothing wrong with this and no reason not to enjoy it. I'm going to see it quite a bit this year. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's really hard to be mad at a free offering, which is yeah. just one of those walk-up experiences. Like You don't 
have to wait for this. You can pop in. Now, sure, if you want the best spot, you know, get there 20 minutes early. I wouldn't really say you need to do more than that. But show up and enjoy the show. But this one, you know, it is really hard to say that it has the same charm as Marathon of Mayhem from 29, which we kind of knew. I mean, you look at the property list that they have this year versus what they have over um, what, what they had during 29. And you're like, okay. And unfortunately with that comes the thing of the haunting of Hill house theme, not anywhere near as iconic as the stranger (laughs) things theme, the universal monsters, you know, there is the incorporation of like Swan Lake and everything like that. But you had that great, like 80 synthesizer version of it. And then of course you had killer clowns, you had ghostbusters as well, which have great iconic theme songs that you could pop in here. Here you have the issue of not the visuals being lacking, but you have the problem as far as just the music is not as iconic for them to pull from. And I think unfortunately that's why this one is not as, and I'm going to use this word again. It's not as charming. However, you need to get away. You want to step out of the crowds for a little bit. You want to see something This is an extra experience that's there for you. It does feature everything that is prominently this year, except for Beetlejuice. And I think you should check it out, especially if you've only got two days to go carve out 15 minutes, go check it out and have a good time. I, the only thing I'm going to add or disagree with on that is I I actually think the music is better, even though the, you're right with the theme song drops. There might be a little bit of a, uh, Missed there because they're not as recognizable, but I thought the music in this, especially in the 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 kind of build up in the finale, was was like that that gets you ready to go back out to the event. That was I I really enjoyed that that ending. Yeah, it does fit the event's overall music, just yes. like I would say Twenty Nines did with that synth focus on it. However, um, one other thing as well is just unfortunately without using the VCR aesthetic that 29 had, you're not getting as many interesting building projections this year. It's kind of just gears. It's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of stripes and a lot of gears. (laughs) This is true. I did kind of take a look at that one. Oh, those gears are still there. It's yeah. You do get to see chance licking the knife in full HD on the water fountains. (laughs) This is true. So what's not to love? Uh, but yeah, Marathon of Mayhem, it's worth your time. Go check it out. But maybe temper your expectations if you were a diehard fan of exactly. the one from 29. Yeah. Yep. So shame. Don't, yeah. Don't, that's the thing. You can't go into it looking for a repeat because it's not a repeat of 29. It's awesome to see the Universal Monsters get their shout out. Yes, it, it is. Yes, yep. it is. Especially yeah. Gilman. Gilman, yeah, front my and center. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's the water, but he's, yeah, he's just, he's, that's, that's two spotlights of him in two They're like, Marathon sorry for killing you in the Bride of Frankenstein lives. Here. <laughs> well, we don't know he's dead. He might be in suspended <laughs> animation. He, of some sort. He's in carbonite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> but a property that is featured in Carnage Factory is of course the haunting of hill house and okay, i'm gonna go this, pee now <laughs> <laughs> this is one that had a lot of huge expectation because it is the big this is the big netflix tie-in which we assume will be continuing for several more years until disney and, buys them until disney buys them exactly mm-hmm. and, and joins with disney plus but this is one that has been on anticipation for a while because We've been talking about this coming to the event since 2019, 
and it's finally here after a year delay or 2018 actually even i think um but yeah it's finally here and with that comes a lot of opinions and <laughs> yes. i just shelby where are you on the haunting of hill house okay so if we go back to our hill house um first reaction uh-huh. to the the announcement you remember that i'm not very uh fond of the fact that they turned a you know a story about like family trauma into a haunted yes. house i will say this house is very jarring in the ways that i sort of expected um i personally did not like it for the the quote-unquote triggering moments but that's kind of the point that i guess that they're going with the house and the show um like there's a scene and trigger warning spoiler uh suicide there's a scene in the house where you're walking down a hallway and nell hangs herself on the left she hangs herself on the right and then she hangs herself in front of you and it was just like I had to like pause because it was it was a lot and I was like holy shit like that just happened in a haunted house at Halloween Horror Nights like I was just like oh okay yeah. <laughs> um and then the rest of the house was just kind of bland personally um I thought it was a gorgeous house but I think that like a lot of the scares were kind of toned down there was a lot too too much of the bowler hat guy um not enough of like the the storyline which is what is so strong about the show um i i liked it and i disliked it in the i disliked it in the ways that i'm supposed to dislike it you know what i'm saying yes i get that yeah yeah sure matt as somebody who did not watch the series minus outside of a couple choice minutes going into it how are you feeling about hill house because we've heard some strong opinions on this as far as oh it's the next dead end oh it works as a classic haunted house where, where are you sitting on this well there's a man you, you set me up for a couple of things there to comment on um and, and shelby said it as well it is gorgeous it's a gorgeous house uh technically as far as the technical scares in it there's a lot of really cool things to like about this which i enjoyed story-wise i was actually quite surprised how much they're reliant i think and maybe i'm wrong maybe it's just not translating but how reliant on knowing what you're seeing plays into experiencing this house so i have mm-hmm. to make a an effort to finish that first season before this season is out to really see if if it's that or if it's uh maybe it's just not coming across as well but yeah it certainly seemed like like i i saw things when i should be affected by that in one way or another happy to see it or unhappy to see it but i i just don't know um Mm -hmm. so this one's kind of like it's it's i have if i were to have a list i'm writing a list and i and i wrote this in the margins because i don't know where it goes yet it's gonna take me time to figure it out i am one of those people will 1000 percent agree that um haunted houses are supposed to be triggering and scary um but I also don't think that that sort of stuff belongs at a theme park event. And that's what Halloween Horror Nights has become is it is a theme park event and not so much your local haunted house. Because I would, if I saw somebody hanging themselves multiple times at my local haunt, I'd be like, 
hey but if i saw somebody hanging themselves multiple times in my local theme park where i can watch minion or go ride minions during the day <laughs> um i would be like oh no <laughs> so that's where i kind of like it's it it kind of steps over the line just slightly um but i it's so weird because i i'm very like a progressive person but i'm also very much like haunted houses are meant to draw a line or not draw or cross a line they're meant to cross the line and make you uncomfortable but i feel like halloween hornets has evolved to the point where it shouldn't cross that line anymore um i don't know this is kind of controversial and people will like hate me for it but um i don't know why this week (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess just to provide like a counterpoint like i honestly did not find the scene um i did not find the scene as um upsetting as a lot of people did and that is going to be a very personal thing of course like yeah it is i think something that needs to be discussed and possibly i do think that there is a conversation to be had about it might be something that you would want to put on one of the warning signs at least and granted i think maybe one percent of people actually read those things you would have to make it some sort of statement but it is one of those things. It didn't affect me. Um, I, I do think that it's it's a very effective scene because it does make you uncomfortable and it does make you think about things. And hopefully right. somebody going into the house is aware enough of the property to understand why that scene is there for the story. Yeah. Um, and I, I've had this conversation with tons of friends. If a horror movie is able to make me feel uncomfortable, it did a good job. Um, and so when I see Nell's death it, and it made me uncomfortable, then that means the haunted house did a good job. Um, but I personally will probably not go through it too many more times because of that. That's it's the same way. I won't rewatch, you know, color out of space because that movie like made me so uncomfortable. I won't watch it again. <laughs> so, yeah. but for, uh, but I love that movie. So it's, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, and I I just think that, you know, it's important to talk about these things. I am personally of the opinion, I think HHN can function as its own entity. And as soon as we start saying like, oh, you know, like that sort of thing isn't reflective of the parks. Like, I think we get into some territory where it's like, okay, well, where do we, you know, where does it like, should we stop featuring, you know, uh, any representation of harm to kids or animals or that kind Mm -hmm. of thing, which everybody has their own opinions for. I think anything that is not overtly grotesque, and I don't need to discuss that with you. um, It's fair game. And if something like Disney's haunted mansion has been around for 50 years, I think you should be able to utilize certain things in your haunted house for an adult event. But I also do want to say that is going to be personal. And I don't think that is a talking point that should be ignored or even necessarily debated back and forth. I think everybody is entitled to how they feel about certain. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been to local haunts where I've seen some really grotesque things. Yeah. And I, I've been like grabbed by the hair and tossed and, you know, called really disgusting names. Um, And, but it's what I paid for versus I, I think that maybe Horror Nights needs to put the, the appropriate warnings on what they're doing. I think that's the best case scenario for everybody is yeah. just 
have something there that indicates like, hey, this has material that is strong. And if you are doing something that is like that, then, you know, you know, you should have representation. But then on the other hand, you do have Julian hanging, which we just talked yeah. about in the yeah. director filming yeah. him. So, and, and you know, like the animal conversation always goes back and forth. Everybody wants to talk about Helix. Nobody talked about the dead horse in front of Nightingales or the cat. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So, exactly. yeah, it's one of those things like you need to cover all your bases or none of them. Right. And I don't really know what that looks like. But it's always the like with Helix, he was whining and he had a light on him versus like the horse out front was just kind of not lit very well and not making noise. Versus, like, Nell hanging is very much a prominent scene of the house versus, like, Julian, if you don't look up, you're going to miss him. So, it's 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 here nor there. It's, you know, it's uh, not, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's different. You know, it's uh, a, oh, wow, I can't think of the word, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, um, there's, I will say this, there is one character that was turned into a scare actor in this house where I was like, ooh, that was a choice. Um, and it has nothing to do with Nell or any of those characters. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, put two and two together, if you're listening, you know, and you're very familiar with the show, you should be able to find this character and state your own opinion of it. Yeah. So I get it. Um, it was the dead cats. No. <laughs> <laughs> but this house is gorgeous. Um, this house flips things on its head. Like there's a very famous scare from dead end. That is, um, inverted in a way mm-hmm. they bring back something that really worked in graveyard games in particular. Um, and I think the house is gorgeous all the way mm-hmm. through. It's scary. It's dark as hell in there. And, um, I really like it. Do I yeah. think it's going to go down as iconic as something like American horror story? Possibly, mm-hmm. but it's way too early to really discuss that right now. And but it seems like everybody who has some sort of attachment to the property is walking out and saying, "Yeah, that's uh, that is as good of a haunted house as you could do with this property." Yeah, um, which I agree with. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong, like I love the show, like hands down, will die for that show, only because it just makes me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's great, and I, I did like the house. But you know, there's some. I will warn people ahead of time if it's something that bothers you, especially if you know the show, it will probably bother you through the house. I will say one thing about the current signs that are out because Hunter brought them up earlier. There is one type of person that always reads them. It's dude bros. And they always read the pregnancy part. And they always make the same joke to their girlfriend that isn't near as funny as they think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're pretty much on the nail on the head there. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about another traumatizing movie. If you watched at the ripe old age of four years old, like I did. And we are popping over to the next parade building with Beetlejuice. Now, all three of us were very, very fortunate to check out yes. Beetlejuice last year. Um, we have great friends who looked out for us and gave us the opportunity to go check it out. And um, for better or for worse, this house is the exact same as it was last year. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on it because I think people are being unnecessarily harsh on this house online, or at least from what I've seen. I think this house is as great of a representation of the Beetlejuice property as you could get at Halloween Horror Nights. And I think, you know what, for what they had to work with, they did a really great job. And if it was this or never getting it, 
I'm really happy with what we've got. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, it, oh, no, it, go ahead. Okay. Uh, th- there's, there's really no denying the argument that it is the house from last year for better or for worse. And I, and, and I only went through it once and I remembered everything that was coming, but I still loved it because there's something so um, unique about a Halloween Horror Nights movie IP house of, of experiencing the movie in an immersive way, as opposed to just having it in front of you on some sort of screen. And that is the uniqueness that this house brings that you're not going to get anywhere else. And I, I wasn't disappointed going through it, but it was of, of all the three houses, this was the one that felt most familiar. Like, like almost like this is the one that felt like it came back from last year more than the other two. But I'm, this was not the, that was actually the first time I went through it. It was not the last time I went through it this season already, two nights into it. I'll continue in, to enjoy it because it's a unique experience for a classic movie that I, many people are very familiar with that you're not going to get anywhere else. And that, that is uh, just for that alone is, is a reason to go through this house. Shelby walking through this house. I was reminded you and I did, we kind of reviewed this house in two ways within the same week. We did the episode over on park scope. And then we did the episode here where we talked about Beetlejuice and our opinions on it. And I just remember we distinctly said several times, like, man, this was really awesome for what they could put together in, in two days for us. I hope next year it comes back with (laughs) new effects, fleshed out scenes and more scare actors. And I feel like that that ultimately came back to bite at least me. I'm going to say it came back to bite both of us in the ass because we were going in with that expectation. I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit on that too, because I thought, yeah, I mean, how could it not? That makes perfect sense. (laughs) Was a thousand percent expecting there to be more people in that dinner scene. And I walked in that room and there was no one there. And I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) and then there wound up being nobody else knew. Um, which I, this is no, no, uh, slander towards anybody in the house because they're all doing a fucking amazing job, but it's the fact that it's this like with tooth fairy and bride, but less so there's no changes. It's all the same. My biggest foot and mouth moment for us collectively as a show is something I brought up is when I said that the, the marquee Beetlejuice form that was on all the merchandise last year during light and is on the graphic on the front of the building. I made a big stink about it being a static character. We're like, yeah, we think that's just for COVID. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's just for COVID. That's not going to happen again. And I come around the corner. I'm like, son of a bitch. There it is again. (laughs) Yeah. Especially like some of the plexi and stuff (laughs) like that. That's Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. That was the one house where the vinyl stood out most to me. And Mm -hmm. it makes sense. Why? Because it stood out to me in those houses that were very light projected dependent. Like there's a room of windows where the light, the, the there's black light and projected light on there. So some of that reflection is going to be picked up in a, in an atmosphere like that by the plexi, by the vinyl more still think it's fine. It just, that's, that's where I noticed it most out of all 10 houses. I just don't think it's hidden very well. This is where you get the most shower curtain effect, if you will. Right. Because Beetlejuice is hidden in some great spot. He's hidden the exact same way in like three different points of this house. When the, when you finally reach the tombstone, he's supposed to pop around the corner and do his dialogue with the tour guide. And then you go into the Dante scene. That's where you get the, the thorny Beetlejuice. And it's the exact same thing where it's just a rod with the vinyl sticking out. And I feel like this is definitely the one where 
it's the combination of the vinyl with the face masks where I think you are keenly aware of, unfortunately, safety protocols. That's not a criticism of these safety protocols. Let it be known. No. However, this is saying it is noticeable. And if I have to be completely honest with myself, it does give me that moment of, oh, I'm going through a haunted house event in the middle of uh, a pretty historic, awful event. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. But it also, it's the fact that like it didn't change from last year, which where we were, none of us were vaccinated and we were all still very scared of a pandemic. So it's like, oh, this doesn't change. Therefore, like the world situation hasn't changed, which it hasn't changed much, but most of us are vaccinated. So it's like a bummer. I still maintain, I think this house is better than uh, probably Ghostbusters, despite my personal (laughs) bias to it. Um, It's it's all a sequencing thing for me, man. If they would have just kept up the beats of the movie, I, I don't get me wrong. You have to stretch your limits and do things that aren't in the movie and to make up for whatever reason in the house or to add to it, to put your own flair for it. But they went so strangely out of their way compared to Beetlejuice that I think Beetlejuice is stronger when it comes to the the storytelling. I agree. And you know what the big hangup is even more so than um, the vinyl or whatever it is in this house. It's the fact that there are no scare actors who interact with each other. And I think there are several opportunities throughout this house for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the marriage proposal Beetlejuice. Um, There's what I've been calling carousel Beetlejuice. Um, And all those you can be like, oh, there's supposed to be another scare actor yeah. that's being interacted <laughs> with. And that is something that I notice several times throughout this year. There are no victim scare actors, which I do oh, think play yeah. a huge yeah. difference. Like if the like you can see it in your eye, the caretaker scene in icons. He's supposed to be ripping up a, a live scare actor, right? That's reaching out and doing like help me or something like that. But this is the house where I think it's most noticeable where you're like, uh, you know, I just, I wish things were a little bit different, but you know what, for what we got, it's pretty good. Yeah. I agreed. actually didn't notice it. And now you pointed it out, you've ruined the rest of my 40 nights. Thank you, Hunter. <laughs> I, I, I'll still say that like the biggest standout moments in that house that require like people is that waiting room and the yes. dinner scene. Yeah. Cause otherwise it just feels empty. Yeah, and that's the thing with this house. I think there's too many, pun intended, dead spots. Hmm. Yeah. I agree. However, once again, still a B-plus house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the actor, like, especially the actors are, like, giving it their fucking all. Yeah. It's, it's it, great. And that's it, a very small cast, too. That yeah. that cast is a very small, dedicated group of Beetlejuice fans. It is, It is. It it is though, I mean, I think it's safe to say it's probably the best opening or introduction to an IP house we've ever had. We're going to walk through Central Park and in my opinion the greatest scare zone I have seen in this area that is not trick or treat over with Gorewood Forest. Mm -hmm. This zone consistently foggy very dark because they got rid of the overhead lighting with the pumpkins um the trees are lit up beautifully the scare actors are working it like consistently getting great scares because they're so well camouflaged and the terra queen that redesign 
redesign. The redesign is gorgeous. This is the Regis line. It's out of control. The Regis line. <laughs> do you want to be a millionaire? Um, that's what the Terror Queen says as you walk into the zone. It's, it's pretty jarring. However, um, yeah, this zone is one of my favorites. Um, if it wasn't for one other, I think this would far and away be my favorite zone because not only are you getting a, a great tribute to HHN Pass where it should be, it's also just really fun to walk through. Yes. And you get to see the, the yeah, God, I could speak English tonight. <laughs> uh, you get to see the knuckle grunts, which I have never seen before, which are just like giant rat people from, from what I've seen. <laughs> but we love them and their giant rat faces. They're cute in an ugly way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Here's, go, I'm sorry. Oh, go I was going to say, c- uh, compared to, other scare zones that we've had in Central Park, this is one of the he, better ones. Okay, here's here's where this is this is gonna get me in the most trouble I've ever gotten on this show. Mm-hmm. I do love the scare zone and I do love the characters a lot. A lot. My hot take is I think it might be time to move this area because the bottleneck is absolutely insane. And my first two it took me three times to get a good look at everything because there was just way too many people i couldn't get anywhere to see anything that is not a hot take and that is definitely something i agree with because okay. burn central- this man <laughs> no central park is way too tight to have a scare zone at this point. yeah that's that was my problem with it this weekend so far it took me three really good tries to see anything we're seeing yeah i agree okay i don't feel so bad now no move it down to the scare actor plaza yep. Yeah, you know, I think it's time, I think it's it or whatever time, you need to do. Time to shift it over one direction or the other, or just find the new place because there's just it's too bottle, it's too much of a bottleneck at this point. It's kind of started with um, trick or treat, and that was I think because the sets were so fucking big, and Vikings mm-hmm. was impossible. Vikings was absolutely impossible to navigate last year. This year is mm-hmm. seems even worse with being. Which, which I felt was like Shelby said earlier, kind of a light evening until I got to there and went where the this is where everybody is. They're right here and they're all in my way. It also doesn't help the fact that the show nope. is coming in right there. It's, and also yeah. that a uh, crepe stand is open while also oh, having, right. there's, yeah. a, there's a bar at the end of it. Yep. And it's just like, it, it's too much. Isn't it's, the twisted tater stand like right at the end of it and to the right, right at just the end. A touch? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's time to move that area. It works so well with the trees when yeah, you're trying it does. to like, and that's the zone. And that's that's going to be the sad part about it. I always look forward to see what they're going to do there, but it's just it's way too much of a bottleneck anymore. Yeah, unless you tear out like that building to the right, like the NBC building. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but why not? It, yeah. Sure. I mean, it, it's easy to say. Just do yeah. it. But I agree. I mean, it's a really it's a good zone, but yeah, it's a bottleneck. Yep. That's my take. I agree. Hunter was silent the whole time. He's probably sitting there just saying, I'm going to fucking kill him <laughs> next time I see him. I like being claustrophobic. I like people all over me. I don't know who this man is. Yeah, I don't. I just look. If I don't if I don't get a bump and grind through this scare zone, I think, <laughs> I think it was a failed scare zone. But um, talking about bumping and grinding, we are heading into the Hollywood scare zone. Lights, camera, action, making a big return, but specifically with the faux icon, actual icon, however you want to view him, of Eddie 
Matt, this was the zone that I know for a fact you and I walked through. Shelby, we all mm-hmm. walked through actually, and um, we did not get a chance to see it opening <laughs> night because it was completely doused in water when we went through. Um, however, having had the chance to see it since then, or at least I'm presuming, how do we feel about the throwback zone this year, Shelby? I love it. I love all of it. I think it's fantastic. And that's it. <laughs> no, I, I think it's fan- like, I mean, I'm a little bit biased. I think we're all a little bit biased because we all get to see like stuff from scare zones that we love. Um, and I think that's like the determining factor as to why a lot of us like it is because it's stuff with we like out in the scare zone again. So I get to see my Vamp 55. People who are fans of Invasion get to see those aliens, uh, Treaks and Foons, Dead Man's Wharf, Eddie, and various other scare zones from the past. So it's really just like a best of scare zones, scare zone. And that's why I like it. That's why a lot of people like it. Matt? I like what I saw so far. I haven't got to spend as near as much time as I thought I would by now but so far i'm loving it too uh the most time i spent in it oddly enough was hanging out with shelby for about 20 30 minutes saturday night but i had my back to everything the whole time so i didn't see a damn thing but uh I I, was what was that yes, oh, I was thinking. Yeah, so but I'll, I'll i'll i'm gonna definitely i don't even need to worry about making the time i'm gonna be there a lot so so far so good uh and i'm just looking forward to spending more time and, and seeing everything that i've missed so far it's a huge departure from what we saw last in that zone with the yeah. Ball. Um, however, this is the perfect spot to do an anniversary tribute zone. And Eddie, fan favorite, looking tough, looking buff. Everybody's having a good time. And um, yeah, I just think it's a real fun idea to do it in Hollywood, especially themed to Hollywood. Yes, I'd like, I think it's great. Um, did you guys get a chance to see Jack walk around? Actually, what I wanted to talk about next where I saw him actually was there. The roam around Jack characters this year. You never know where they're going to show up. You might be waiting in line for Hill House. You might be standing in line waiting for something else or just passing through a scare zone. But apparently Jack is roaming the parks all season long this year. And you never know when Jack is just going to show up and uh, basically spoil the party. I didn't get a chance to see him, but did you guys? I saw him once in in uh, this uh, lights camera action. Nice. Apart from the event, we saw him there too. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that they're going with the original incarnation of Jack for this, the polka dot clown suit. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. It's of, of all the choices they have and even the choice to do something new. They went all the way back to the original. Kind of fun. Yeah, I think that just the fact that they are really going hard on the Jack theme this year, they're kind of like, he's the icon. But you know what? Kind of differently. Um, (laughs) He shows up all over the park. He's in the Marathon of Mayhem, featured prominently. Of course, he's in the icon's house. And he's roaming the streets, like I just said, but he's not a featured scare zone or show. He's kind of in a weird spot this year, but it's the I, I like that the idea of if we're going to do an icon, of course, Jack is going to be the icon because he is our most iconic character. However, we're letting the 30th anniversary be the overarching theme this year. And mm-hmm. I think Jack is being used very well. 
Yeah, I agree. I think so I think it's he's there's he's yeah. God, I can't speak English tonight. <laughs> Great. I've only had a couple of years. Um, I think it's the fact that like he is the first icon, and so they're using him sort of in that way. Like he he's our first, so he's sort of like our reigning dude, but he is not the main feature of the event. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the last house concluding our tour around here. Of course, it is time to talk about case files, unearthed legendary truth. Shelby, why don't you just give us a quick like synopsis <laughs> of what the hell this thing is? Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. So where do I even begin? Um, so, Boris Schuster, if you were unfamiliar with him, if you are familiar with 2008 with Bloody Mary, he was the leading private investigator in finding out what Bloody Mary was up to. So when Boris's friend, Charlie McPherson, and if you know him, he's from Dead Exposure, is found dead by Bloody Mary's hands, uh, Boris goes and kills Bloody Mary. And that's where she dies. Like he throws her through a two-way mirror and that's where she becomes Bloody Mary. But Boris Schuster has more of a history to him where he goes on to defeat Bloody Mary and uh, form a paranormal investigative group known as the Legendary Truth. So this house is sort of his pseudo backstory uh, slaughter cinema-esque um uh anthology house where you are going through multiple cases that Boris Schuster has solved involving the paranormal. Um the house starts off with I hate this guy's name, uh this guy named Tim Foyle, oh, who boy. is in the 90s, <laughs> finds all of Boris's stuff up in his attic and uh, hit the books and is convinced that all of them are real. And so you, as a guest, go through each of the books and experience them. And then at the end, you find out Tim Foyle revealed that they are all real. So there we go. It's very complicated. And if you did yeah. not know that, you are screwed. <laughs> this house is gorgeous. It is beautiful. However, the only people I see really talking about it right now. And it's hard when you're involved in the circle that we are because yeah. everyone is an HHN fan. I really want to know how this house is doing for people that have no fucking clue what <laughs> legendary truth is or what is happening. That said, this is by far the most impressive house that has ever happened in the Shrek theater. Possibly. Oh God, yeah. The it list. is the best. Yeah, uh, I that's mean, not even a question. No, 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 it's, it is for sure. This is possibly the last house in the Shrek mm-hmm. Theater, um, according to Theme Park Rumors. And what oh, a hell of then. a way to go off on. And yeah. I feel like a big part of that is when you have the team that normally has to put together 10 haunted houses in less than a year, build them up and everything. It's like, oh, man, you know, we got to get everything up. And the Shrek Theater doesn't get the shaft, but, you know, it's the Shrek Theater. It's less of the focus in comparison to sound stages or stuff. I guess because this year they only had to put up one house. They said, all right, all 75 of you, whoever, get all (laughs) in here and build the coolest haunted house you have ever seen because this house right here, as cool as Icons is, as cool as Wicked Grove is, as cool as Puppet Theater is, there is an argument to be had. This thing has the best sets out of any haunted house this year. Facts. 
I think they literally just dug into my brain and they were like, hey, what do we want to make that'll make Shelby cry in a haunted house? And they're like, well, let's do Boris Schuster mixed with Lovecraft, mixed with like the 30 or 50s and then like mixed crime noir. And then they did it and I cried. So Shelby, I don't say this lightly and I don't say this for flattery, but (laughs) you are hugely responsible for making this haunted house happen. And like, I know you won't accept the credit of that, but I'm just going to say that I just, this thing, Matt and I went into it. This was our first haunted house of the night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we just had that moment. We looked at each other and we were like, God damn it. Shelby was right. Like this is (laughs) one of the coolest things this year. I think the, the, the thing I was most mad about was going all the way back to the beginning of the night where Shelby's group got changed and they were supposed to be with us and should have been there at that moment because that would have made everything so much special. No, it wasn't. It was, it's, it's, it just happens. It's a numbers thing. It's whatever. It wasn't anyone's fault. It just was unfortunate. No, but that, that would have been the only thing that would have made that experience better was having you there for that first run through, but we've got so many other nights to go through it together and I can't wait for our first run through together with it. There's an argument to be had that we will never see another haunted house like this again. No. Um, at least in the grand scheme of Halloween Horror Nights. Like, this is something that even goes beyond. This is basically if they said, oh, man, you guys missed the websites. Well, fuck the website. You're going to walk through the website <laughs> now. Good luck. But, yeah, I really just think that there's a conversation to be said that this is a one-of-a-kind haunted house that might possibly never happen at HHN again because it is so specific to the fan base. And in a year, you know, this, in a way, you know, it really sucks that Eilish never panned out because that looks like it was going to be a really awesome house. But if this is what we got on the other side... Mm-hmm. maybe it was the best thing to happen. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, part of me thinks that maybe this house was planned for 31. Huh? Okay. That's an interesting take. And because I I, if we had, had 30 during 2020 and we had had 31 during 2021, I mean, technically Shrek would still be around. So if the rumors are right, if that ride's going down, you know, so I mean, Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a good theory. Um, but yeah, this house rules. Um, if yes. there's one that is going to be poured over for the next, you know, I said icons deserves the breakdown. And as much as I love something like Wicked Grove and Puppet, I think this is second on that list. I agree. Um, right oh, no, this house, it. like, I, if I ever get the, the lights on tour, I need to like take as many photos as I can because there's so <laughs> many tiny details. Especially when it comes to like, if you know Legions of Horror, and apparently there's a totem in each room. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! When it pertains to like the the crime noir cover, yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot in that house, and if you're like not listening to the narration overhead, you're just like, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) But if you're like a huge like crime noir film noir fan, like I am, like it's just it's so good. Shelby, does Boris talk like how you always imagined? Not really. <laughs> I was curious. I was always curious if Boris was that that very gruff kind of you know no. classic noir detective voice. He was always in my brain, sort of soft spoken and quiet. That's how I um, imagined him too, yeah. to be honest. But if you're like making a cliche 
a gumshoe detective. Yeah, that's how we talk. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I loved it. And I love the way that like he has a mask on, but it's perfect because it's like a bandana. I'm like, that's just mm, so good. Matt, overall, yes. what would you say is your favorite scene in this thing? Uh, Matt, you know, that's going to be a tough one to say because I was getting my HHN feedback and kind of walking in there ready to make sure I like this so that Shelby and I could be friends, but ending up not having to force it by any means. So it's like the first half was one experience and the second half was the other. But I, I think uh, the, man, what I, what I remember and, and then being in that frame of mind right now, the finale, the final face off between um, Boris and the, the tentacle creature, which we don't even see, yeah, jail which is what I love the best about that is right now my favorite, but um, I'm really looking forward to going through this again, and I've never been more happy to be uh, wrong or <laughs> I don't even know what what my exact phrasing was. I know I wasn't excited about it. It was very low on my list, but I'm I'm glad that I was wrong about that and can't wait to see it again. And I kind of haven't I told gone... you you would eat your words. Well, I was about <laughs> to say I'm saving to go through it again until I can go through it with Shelby, but now fuck that noise and I'll just go do it myself. But um, <laughs> it I, might I happen it, to be the next time. <laughs> I brought it up earlier about the live mic. Um, there is a live mic in this house and it's in the kitty cat club and the lady on the stage is oh, singing okay. live. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. And they've never done that before. They've never no, had someone pretty, up on okay. a stage singing. And I'm like, that's in. And she's singing through the mask. That's yeah. nuts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. It's now incredible. You, is she mic'd? Well, this is a stupid technical question. Is she mic'd within the mask for a clearer voice? And then the other, the mic is a prop? The, the, the handheld Maybe. mic? That would make the most logical sense. Right. That's what I'm wondering. Um, this is a personal record for me. Um, when it comes to like opening weekend, especially only two nights for opening weekend, I have been through this house five times and I have closed it out once, which wow. means I was the last guest through it. Yes. As you deserve. <laughs> oh, shucks. Yeah. Well, you know what? On that note, I think that's as great of a note as any to go ahead and wrap up our HHN 30 opening weekend thoughts, impression, review, whatever the hell you <laughs> want to call this. It has been awesome to all sit together and talk about these things because like not to talk too much behind the scenes, we've really been waiting to do this. Um we haven't really shared like a ton of thoughts with each other because we know we're going to do this episode and we want to have as fresh of a perspective, not only for you all, but for ourselves. It makes mm -hmm. recording a three hour podcast way more <laughs> tolerable when you're coming into a fresh conversation. So thank you all for joining us all the way through this. But before we wrap up, let's go ahead and Shelby and mm -hmm. the folks at home want to keep up with you. Where's the best place to do that? Uh, if they want to, it's Twitter, Facebook and Instagram under the username. Cryptoguts. I think at this point you guys know where to find me. Um, I will 100% shout out the game on the HHN app or slash the Universal app. If you have not given that a chance, go ahead and start playing that. My friends at X Studios and myself um, developed that game and it's a lot of fun. A couple of uh, Horror Nights legends help develop the storyline and the art for that game. Um, if you're familiar familiar with the websites from like 2008, 
It's the same people. So go ahead and check out that game whenever you have a chance. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check all that out. Matt, thanks for being here tonight. Of course. Matt, when you are not uh, cheating on Dufftoberfest with that <laughs> fine Oktoberfest, um, where can folks keep up with you? Anything and everything news as, particularly news as.com. I'm news as on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's then uh, everything else. And listen to the Grady's. I always like to say that, especially <laughs> this time, of, especially this time of year. Definitely. I wish they'd let me say why, but they can't. <laughs> And I do want to say that I believe this is the longest um, opening season episode we have ever done. It's actually longer than our 28 wrap-up, but not our 29. So I can't imagine how long our wrap-up is going to be this year. Yeah, the 29 wrap-up that was so long, you recorded it over a five-month period. (laughs) No, that was 28. 29 was with you people right now on mic, and we were still longer than me and Quinn. So what you're saying is when we do the 30 wrap-up, we have to be in person, and I have to sleep over at your place. (laughs) Yeah, we might have to, right, and then get up and finish part two. (laughs) And if you want to keep up with me, the best place to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Diz Vincent Price. That's D-I-S Vincent Price, as in discounts. Of course, we're going to be bringing coverage to you all year round for Halloween Horror Nights, but especially right now with HHN 30. We've got a lot more to do. I really want to break down the icons house soon. I'm fortunate enough to have an Unmasking the Horror or Behind the Screams, whatever it's called now, lined up for a couple weeks from now that I cannot wait to go through that house and check things out and take a million pictures and maybe we'll be back with that and of course we'll have our wrap up review coming on down the line one other thing is we are setting the date to go ahead and wrap up HHN 25 it's time to talk about Bill and Ted and Jacked Up Carnage it's going to be great wait Jacked Up Carnage no that was a drink Carnage Returns is the uh, show Let's go with that. Yeah. I'm happy to talk to drink. I mean, I'll be on for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. And then, yeah, I think that's everything. But something I wanted to just do real quick is, you know, it was awesome opening weekend reuniting with all of your friends and all the awesome people that are making HHN content. So just rattling off a couple, go check out Scream Queens, go check out HHN 365, go check out Cathoid Coaster, who's doing the Horror Nights Gauntlet. I want to like shout out a few artists too, because I, yes, I wouldn't yes, be where I am now if I wasn't drawing Horror Nights fan art. So I want to like Deviously Doomed, Cyan Circuits, Sav uh, Maze, Oh gosh, Did an there's awesome so your portrait I saw. Yeah, oh my god, there's so so many independent artists out there doing stuff. Skipper Haas, obviously, he's but yeah. It's just there's so many horror nights artists out there. If you just look up HHN and HHN fan art, they're all over the place. I wouldn't be where I am now if I was not drawing fan art. So go give them your money. <laughs> yep. Because if there's anything that we love even more than Horror Nights, it's sharing in the joy that Horror Nights brings us. So um, definitely want to celebrate that with you all. But for now, I want you all to remember one thing and one thing only. If you take away one thing from this podcast tonight, I just want you to grab this and stick it in your pocket. Look, y'all always complain about Lady Luck, but Lady Luck has a badass scene this year. I don't ever want to hear any more shit talking about Lady Luck in your goddamn life. 
because what a queen, what an icon, and perhaps even more importantly than that, happy HHN 30, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright Universal Studios or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.